Welcome to The Wheel of Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering just the prologue of The Lord of Chaos, the first message. Enjoy! This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So yeah, right. welcome to the Will Reads. And uh, Alan is a dark friend. Thank you, Ian. Um, so, <laughs> so we're starting Lord of the Chaos now. Um, uh, and this a new format where we'll be live on YouTube. Um, uh, we're going to be doing this from now until it breaks and or doesn't work anymore or something. So um, are you guys quit listening to us because you don't want to see our faces anymore? We'll go back to just being voices on your radio um so and if you're local recording by the way i'm sorry i should ask that earlier no you're good okay um yeah so and then also um you know if you're tuning into this on youtube and you've never heard of us and like what's this new youtube thing going on it's on book six where the rest of the stuff we are a podcast there's 117 other episodes on any podcast platform you want so feel free to go peruse check it out um find us apple podcast spotify really just anywhere and um yeah um your local circle k yeah, yeah pro- <laughs> pro- probably there. probably uh, so um <laughs> yeah if my face is not going in and out it's because i have this giant mic right here in front of me and the blue screen or green screen makes my face disappear sometimes so i'll work on that this is all just going to be a technical glitch fest for our first time ever welcome um, to our first show <laughs> 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 exactly <laughs> so before we get any further i do want to announce we do have a new patreon um it is um uh, in english it's glory to the builders i'm trying to pronounce this right in russian because it actually was in russian um oh, good luck. Joined. so it was slava strai telum tell me if i'm right Ooh, i don't know or is that polish i don't know i don't know huh? they're all the same um, yeah, similar uh, stoli vodka um what's it's the only russian i know <laughs> anyways um yeah and then as far as um you know as far as our other bellas and he was a top tier patreon as well so our new patreon is a top tier patreon bella so, a new bella yeah awesome so yeah um and we do have um our other bellas of course um david and remy so thank you guys so much we are going to work on getting you guys back on live again for another episode in the future uh just hold tight and we'll get there um so moving on to personal life um yeah a lot happened over last week for me because uh i was off on friday uh because i took it off to do like a dad daughter date and took my uh daughter to the the virginia zoo um 
down Norfolk, Virginia, which was which was nice. Uh, she had fun. Uh, we had been there before, but she was a lot younger last time, so I think she didn't remember any of it. Um, but she had a whole lot of fun um, just going around seeing all the animals. Um, yeah, I didn't really get to see the lion or the tigers. They were hiding, but um, got to see some other animals. They, they always hide. They sleep all day long. Big cats do. Um, but she was really excited about that, and it was kind of downer. But uh, the giraffes came over to say hello. So that was it was nice. It was fun. But then while I was gone, my wife decided to run to uh, Lowe's. Uh, and came back with a truck full of lumber um, and said, Hey, by the way, our fence is kind of janky around the garden. You want to build a new fence? So the rest of the weekend, all I did was build a fence. That's what you do when your wife buys a bunch of lumber. And lumber ain't cheap, guys. I mean, that's like gold. So, I mean, if you got lumber, I got to use it. So, um, either that or sell in the black market. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I bet you fill your gas tank up all the way without even looking. You just top it off, don't you? All over over there. I, I lumber. buy lumber and fill my gas tank up. I can't it afford to fill my nice. gas tank up. Uh, um, yeah, so... I'm about to say if you can afford to do that, you're rich. Yeah, you're rich. Yeah. yeah. I was talking. Just locks it day. in and walks away. Be like, fill it up. Yeah, I do that, but I cry as I walk into the store, so I forget that it's happening. <laughs> Buy myself a one dollar water bottle and come back out, and yeah. don't look at the number. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Yeah, just, just yeah, just just close your eyes and and hope yep. and pray. Um, but yeah, so I spent all weekend building a fence. Um, well, it's cool. Cause she actually did actually buy a uh, nail gun as well. So it made it a lot easier. So I got a little uh, pneumatic um, nail gun to go with the lumber she bought. She kind of went all out, um, which I'm like, it's nice, but it was a kind of expensive weekend for a fence, but Hey, whatever we got a new fence. Um, it is 90% done. I still have a few more touch up things to do, but now the dog can't get in the garden anymore. So that's that was the real. She was digging holes there, so that's why. But that's made for personal life, at least for right now. Yeah, and after spending two grand in the garden, you'll save <laughs> um, the sixty dollars <laughs> in produce bills because of the stuff you grew in the backyard. Uh, so, uh, but the, the fresh stuff out of the garden now back. Given is, though, man, yeah, it it is it's awesome. compound <laughs> vegetation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Exactly. include Alan's blood, sweat, and tears. There yeah. you go. Uh, I, 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 I bled. I bled. See that blister on my finger? Actually, uh, there's um, I, I was uh trying to remove a pin on a tiller because I was actually tilling the garden too. We have one of the motorized Ooh. mantis tillers. Wait, and, um, gas powered? Yeah, four stroke engine, buddy. Get out of uh, here! <laughs> <laughs> He's just out of his backyard. Um, so... Just. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sitting, so i'm tilling it and it got caught in a root and i got i you take sipping the on some cavassier take the blades off and i didn't wear gloves and i was trying to pull the pen out and it actually just stripped off like a bunch of flesh yeah yeah it, was, it, it, it hurt it hurt a little bit but i'll just keep nursing the bottle and i'll be good so what's going on with you guys so, before you start happy birthday kate oh happy birthday I, don't, I didn't know who that was. <laughs> All right. Um, my world. Last weekend, uh, Meredith and I took uh, her kids and my two youngest kids, and we went on a hike uh, and camped out overnight. Um, we picked a trail, probably a little bit intense for the younger kids, but they were troopers, and they did a fantastic job. In, um, in about... Two and a half miles, we did 1,200 feet in elevation gain, uh, mostly up, like a, a couple little dips and then shooting back up. It would have been half of that um, 
except I took a wrong turn on the trail <laughs> because the trail we were supposed to continue on was so overgrown. I didn't even realize there was another option there and just kept going. <laughs> and we went down for a while and I was like, this doesn't make sense. It's supposed to be mostly a climb and then kind of level out and go ridgeline until we get to the campsite. Uh, by the time I had double checked on the map where we are and we were supposed to be going and figured it out. Like I'd already gone a mile in the wrong direction and a mile down. So we had to <laughs> turn around and go back up. Um, we never made it to the actual campsite we wanted to go to because all that climbing and 90 degree heat during the day, the kids were just pounding the water. Uh, and we did a quick count when we got back to kind of like that point where I missed my turn and we didn't really have enough water to be able to make it to the actual site and cook the dinner we want to cook, whatever. So we kind of made a makeshift campsite, but the kids had a good time. Uh, I made a fantastic fire. It's very proud of myself. Um, yeah, it was fun. And I don't want to jinx it because we haven't actually signed the lease yet. I complained last episode about how hard it is to find houses for rent these days. Uh, but we are very close to being locked into a four bedroom uh, the West End of Richmond, which is close to where she needs to be for the kids and, and their school and not a bad commute for me and everything. So she is supposed to sign the paperwork tomorrow. Um, That's awesome. Hopefully by the time this releases or, you know, we record next week, I'll have good news. We'll it's see. A big steps, good sir. Yeah. And uh, so I needed to get a hold of my graduate transcript and I knew I had an unofficial version of my email somewhere. So I Googled um, the university transcript, or I searched it within my email, and a whole bunch of emails from that university came up that was in my junk mail. And I was like, what the heck? Why are they reaching out to me? So I clicked on one just to see what it was about. And they were like, hey, we received um, like additional payment through the VA because post 9-11, I won't explain how it works, but I, I went know, from I like know. a 70% to 100%. Um, so Literally, for all the time, well, I, I didn't realize that they go back and everything I've done under the post nine 11, they will bump that up. So they gave it yep. to the school and the school was sent it to the address of where I used to live. And they were like, Hey, you know, you still haven't cashed it. Just contact us if you move. So I called them. I got like six different checks of a very good big chunk of money. Yeah. <laughs> um, the difference between a 70%, 100% on the post 9-11 for like three it's years about of graduate school. Uh, <laughs> it was a credit. So, I mean, if you want to help out my fence, my fence funds. <laughs> uh, the sad thing is I probably wouldn't even cover your fence with all that gasoline you was using. <laughs> Maybe if you like manually tilted, it would, it would help out. But yeah, It's a big garden, man. Yeah. So I got, and I was like, all through the conversation, I'm trying to make sure this isn't a scam or something. I was like, so you're telling me I just have to give you a current address and you're going to mail me a check with a comma in it. <laughs> She's like, uh, yeah, we are. I was like, and I don't have to do anything else. That's it. I just cash it. And it's mine. She's like, yeah, it's your money. It's like, Oh shit. <laughs> so of course in adulting, like by the time it gets here, like mentally I already know where that money has to go. And it's, it's it's sad how a, a few grand in your adult years, like, get, don't get me wrong, very excited. It's a blessing, but that money will disappear so fast. It's not even funny True. and not even make a significant change to anything in my life. I know that sounds horrible, but yeah. No, 
hey, it is what it is. It's extra money. It's it's not extra. It's money you were not expecting that you already spent. Because if you were 70%, you had to pay the other 30. And yeah. you also didn't get the 30% MBAH that you were supposed to get. Correct. So, you know, these are all funds that you already spent that they're just reimbursing you for. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I spent, I'll take it. I spent four years as a VA certifying official. Oh, man, man, I need to talk to you then. We might talk after this. <laughs> I was in charge as VA. I was the VA certifying official at Thomas Nelson for two and a half years. I ran the department. Okay, so, so you know what I'm talking about. I do. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I also like how when they, they were checking my contact information, they had my phone number. And they never called they had, And they never called me. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, well, we'll just send this check, and then it gets sent back. He's no longer there. They're like... Well, we just gonna sit on this money for a while. I was like, mm-hmm. uh huh. I almost asked them, so am I getting the interest they all earned on it? Or <laughs> is there gonna be interest with that? I didn't go there. I'm I'm happy enough. Very, very fortunate. So yep. I could I could buy half of half a fence. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh personal life. I we are coming out of the end of this COVID hell for lack of better words, when I tell you. It took like a roll. It was a roller coaster ride of, oh, I feel good. Oh, I feel like crap. Oh, I feel great again. Oh, no, I feel horrible. <laughs> Let's just say I took my first walk and, you know, serious walk in about two weeks. And I got 20 minutes into my walk and I felt like I had been out there for about an hour and a half. My pace, mm-hmm. I had finally worked my pace down from my mile, walking mile, to about 15 minutes and 20 seconds. So, really great pace. That's, that's huffing it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, today my pace was 27 minutes from my mile. Mm. Like, I felt my legs felt like lead, like they were not moving. And I don't I don't necessarily say I was out of breath, but just everything felt so sluggish. It just really, I was so upset. <laughs> but <laughs> you'll, you'll get it back. You'll get it back. We I, I spent almost two weeks out of work. You know, I, I ended up... Um, going into work a couple of days because I wasn't sure what it was and finally went to the doctor and stopped being hard-headed. And they're like, yeah, you definitely have COVID and you have a bacterial infection on top of that. Bonus. So yeah, I ended up on two different antibiotics and all sorts of stuff from last Thursday until yesterday. So <laughs> it's just <laughs> been super fun. Um, but needless to say, it definitely made me sit down and I, you know, finished a couple of TV series and, um, then this weekend, I had it in me to go ahead and commit to something Brandon Sanderson. So the only thing that I had downloaded on my phone that was um, Sanderson's work was Skyward. Okay. And so I listened like through the entirety of Skyward and then moved to Starlight already. Or Starlight. Oh, you already me. got through one. Oh, yeah. I'm through one and I'm on <laughs> the second one. I'm, I actually have eight hours left of the second one. because How, how is it? It, I'm enjoying it. So let's just put it, I'll say that out front. Um, It very much is kind of a, I guess, adult sci-fi or adolescent Mm -hmm. or young adult. That's the word I was looking for. So it's definitely meant for that 16 to 20 year old. It's got a a heroine. So, you know, she's badass. Don't get me wrong. And the story is evolving i can say that much at first i thought it was super basic and some of the stuff you could easily just like oh i know what's going to happen but then every now and then he'll throw something else at you that you just didn't expect so it's been 
it's been a good listen. I will have to say that honestly. And if you just want something to kind of pass the time where you don't have to think super hard, but you want a good story, this is that book. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Cool. And if you have young girls in your life, you know, teenage daughters that you want to get interested in sci-fi, then this will be the one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And can I ask? Since we're on this new platform, I know mm-hmm. I see in the corner that we're live and mm-hmm. it's counting up how long we're going. Is it automatically recording? Mm-hmm. You sure? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we are recording. I, I've tested it out. Yeah, no, because you can watch. I'm it watching this on YouTube right now. Yeah, you can go back and rewatch those. So that's all. Okay. On YouTube and it's recorded on this program. Okay, I trust you. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I don't trust you, but yeah, you should whatever. trust me. <laughs> just, just know we're doing this in one take and one take only. That's yes. all I'm saying. <laughs> and that's the way it's going to be. Um, <laughs> so, it's gonna be. <laughs> so let's go ahead and uh, jump into uh, this prologue since that's all we're doing tonight. Because it's a massive prologue. Just a simple little prologue. Uh, one chapter. Uh, yeah. No biggie. <laughs> We'll yep. breeze through it. Everybody will be able to tune into something else in about an hour and five minutes. We'll be done. <laughs> With half so, of it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. yeah. So, so um, that much to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, let's get into it. So start with the prologue, the first message. And um, uh, chapter symbol is the Wheel of Time logo, uh, the snake and the wheel and all that good stuff. And uh, we jump right in with Demon Dread. Um, we've talked about him. I don't think we've met him yet. We've He's been mentioned a lot. Um, but Demon Dread has not. Uh, I don't think we've met him, have we? No. Not really. Yeah, I no. don't think so. He's been talked about. Don't know anything about him. Yeah. This is so we weird, by the way. Normally, it's like, all right, and pause. <laughs> all right, guys. And now we're on episode this, that, and the other chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> it is but yeah so um we start with demon dread and he's at shao ghoul uh where the dark one's prison actually is um and we start to learn a little bit about i guess the landscape around uh this valley that's called thakandar uh and there's a there's a river that runs through it um that apparently is super poisonous and there's a blacksmith there that are just forging weapons for trollocs and And, and brad pitt uh trout fishing yeah, father. yeah, he's out there doing river runs through it. Yeah, it says um, above rolling gray clouds hid the sky, an inverted sea of sluggish ashen waves crashed around the mountain's hidden peak. Below, odd lights flashed across the barren valley, washed out blues and reds, falling to dispel the dusky murk that shrouded their source. Like, he gives such a vivid description. It's like, ah, there's this place with this stuff and like if you haven't read the prologue in a while go back and read it again that way you can appreciate the imagery like i always like to talk about the imagery that he gives you because he's really setting a scene for a horrible place Mm -hmm. that yeah you know kind of draws a dark awe like if you're that type of person which you know admittedly i I am at times where you kind of love the dark because it makes the light that much better 
you got to reread the prologue, at least the first couple of pages. It's, it's yeah. very ominous how he describes it. It, it also describes how the blades are being made. Like you have these blacksmiths and like they sit, they're not even really blacksmiths. All they make is blades. Um, they can't make <laughs> anything else but blades. And then they're actually not even fully human. Like they're just kind of like these zombie type things that are just. Are these human. the ones that would like turn to dust if they go too far away? I They might be. I don't know. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah okay. Yeah, and they're just making these blades, and then it says, you know, they quench it inside the water that poisons it, but then also, I guess they have to sacrifice someone with it um, as well. So they have a whole bunch of prisoners there as well, women and children like. Um, a ragged woman crouched in a hopeless heap against the forged rough stone, clutching a barb in her hand, and a spindly girl buried her face in the woman's skirts. Like they are literally sacrificing old women and, and young young girls for these mm-hmm. blades to be created. Yeah. And is this the same type of blade that Ballsy used to stab Rand? I was wondering the same thing. That's that's what I was thinking. I think so. Like it, it has to be the darkest of dark swords. I mean, when you're sacrificing women and children to create these blades, and it must do some serious damage. So well, I think I would seen, agree with you. We've seen before, like if a merge all blades touches someone, you know, even with Tam, like it just yeah. barely got a scrape, and you got to get healed by uh, the one power because. Uh, it was touched by one of the blades. So these blades are corrupted. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So there, so we've seen that even book one. Um, but yeah, so, but he's not there to see the blacksmith or, or, or the swords being made. He just kind of describes it. He's there to go meet with the dark one himself uh, and ex- explains that the boar is not really any one particular place. So this is where it's the weakest, um, that his prison's everywhere, uh, kind of like an omnipresent being. Um, but, um, you know, there's a, I guess, a cave hole in the rocks that he can go into. And all of a sudden, there's suddenly a too tall merge hole that's way too tall that shouldn't be that tall. Thakandar. Thank you. Let dude. me. Sometimes I get, like, I totally get what Jordan's doing here. And I think, like, I, I love all this prologue, but it, especially this, this opening scene for many reasons. But there's sometimes there's some things that just don't quite make sense to me. Like this guy, Doma Dread, is no slump. I like everything that I, I pull from here. Like, he's probably the most badass of the chosen, forsaken, whatever you call it, <coughs> that we've run into. Uh, and just jumping ahead a little bit, he's getting tapped for kind of a leadership role. The fact that he's even here and others have tried to but can't be here, like, he's it, somebody significant, right? But then, how is he? gonna feel like he got snubbed by a merge roll when he knows all the merge rolls are like exact carbon copies of each other they all look the exact same but this one's clearly different significantly different mm-hmm. like he kind of catches an ad- attitude the merge roll addresses him and is like you know what are you just gonna loiter there when you've been called by the great lord and he's like how dare this merge roll speak to me like that blah 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 I'm like i'm a chosen right mm-hmm. and i i get the pompous attitude he might have but shouldn't he also either know the difference between this guy and average Merdral, or at least recognize there is a difference and go, okay, let me just, he's never seen one like this before. It's, it's odd to him, but at the same time, he's, he's above Merdral. So, um, but obviously not this guy. Uh, and the guy, the Merdral introduced himself. His name's Shadar Haran, uh, which actually means hand of the dark. Um, 
That's um, and, and old tongue, which he also points out as well that usually Mergels sometimes did have names, but they're always in the Trolloc in tongue. In the Trolloc, yeah. And this is an old tongue, and he says it's really strange that one, this Mergel doesn't look right, and then two, he's too big, and then two, he has a actual real name, and he's not bowing before a chosen. Uh, it's just everything's kind of strange about this this entity. I've gone into the home of somebody that way outclassed me, and I was going there to see this person. I did not walk into that person's home and talk shit to their help because the fact that you've been to my it house was, before, it's, it's great. <laughs> well, that, that's, not, <laughs> that's not exactly what I was thinking, but I mean, that's an example. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk into your father's house and like you call me a penis. The first time you meet my mom. <laughs> well, you are different. Uh, I did talk smack to you, but you're not, I, I'm saying like if, if he had somebody there that was, you know, doing work on the house or, you know, yard work, something like that. You don't even disrespect the people working for the person that you're going to see, especially like, I don't know. I just got hung up on it. Maybe I'm stupid. That little- no, I mean, so before we even get started, let me let me handle this part to y'all in the chat. No, no spoilers past the prologue. So no, no spoilers. There we go. I'll put it out there, too, because I'm seeing <laughs> a lot of that pop up in the chat. We appreciate you guys. I love all the spoilers, but we want to keep it spoiler free. And you'll never hear that come out of my mouth ever again. Um, <laughs> and to go back to your point, like there is a specific reason, and we don't know it yet, why this Mergel was pointed out and why he has the name that he does. I mean, it's almost more of a title than it is a name, Hand of the Dark. That right. That's just like brings me back to Game of Thrones times when you had the hand of the king, like here we have the hand of the dark, like this Merdral is going to play an important role in keeping the chosen in line. He already has authority and dominion more so than they do, seeing as the fact that Demon Dread is actually not getting the quote-unquote respect from him that he expects, and as a matter of fact, is being, you know, I'm not going to use the word punished, but reprimanded by this Merdral. And then pushed forward. It's like, all right, let's let's go. You need to. You have to meet the dark one. Like you're supposed to be here for a reason, and yet you're loitering. And then we get further down in the reading, and Demon Dread like demands that this merge will be moved removed from his presence. And the dark one's like, nah, he could stay right where he's at. <laughs> yeah, he's here because I want him here. Exactly. No, like that's yeah. you know, <laughs> right? He's got also, status. Yeah. I guess Demon Dread, like you see as this progresses, he's figuring it out. But I would I would have thought just from the physical difference, he would have at least I don't know, instead of being put off by it and done the ha ha ha, he'd be like, <laughs> What's going on here? What's why is you know, one of these is not like the other. Huh. Let mm-hmm. me try to figure it out before I have this emotional response. But yeah, anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, let's go back a little bit. What do you think about this cave? Um, you know, as we're going through, it describes it as I'm just like teeth, you know, from the ceiling, like stalactites and stalagmites um, um, coming up from either side. And normally it almost brushes his head when he walks in, but it's actually opened up wider for the merge wall than it normally is last time he was there uh, in the pit of doom. Um, so what do you think well, about like this whole, so obviously it moves. So mm-hmm. do you think it actually can crunch down someone if someone else tries to enter or, you know, is it? So it's not just oh, wide so enough now for this tall merge roll. It has enough space well above this taller mm-hmm. merge roll guy. 
Right. And um, I don't have that part highlighted, but I do remember uh, there was something about how like the great Lord, essentially he wouldn't make it any bigger than it really needed to be. Mm -hmm. You know, something about like reminding people what their place is when they walk in, maybe like forcing them to bow or something like that. So if it's that much bigger, that means there's something else passing through there Mm -hmm. that is that much bigger. Sure. That's my that's my guess. Well, and I mean, yeah. you also have to think of the context of what is in there that should be bigger than what it is or could be bigger than what he actually is. Like what could be coming out eventually. We might this just imagery in of itself may be the idea that the cave metaphorically or actually is the prison that is holding the dark one. And as the disc continue to be broken and the seal on the dark one lessens in strength this cave grows and allows more of the dark one's power to pour out like we have demon dread noticing yeah. this larger um midral but uh, maybe that's how big they were maybe they were bigger and stronger and more powerful in the past but because his power is only slowly seeping out he could only get but so many and so much of those mergers out and you know his darkness could over only power so much but as the seals break more of his evil and more of his power is of course entering the world i mean mm-hmm. we know at this point he's even i'm jumping way ahead impacting the weather itself like mm-hmm. yeah when we had our michael Bublé's of of evil the yeah one before we had little fire bubbles and now we got so, so what also do you think about like this is the first time we actually get to i guess not see the dark one we get his presence like as far as you don't see him but his voice just enters into the head and and just like pounding voice like a voice of a voice of god like kind of kind of thing yeah, yeah. um so i paused for a moment and i was like well right now as much as i was getting into the whole rand thing and then our female channelers and everybody else right now there's no way our characters can stand up against a being like that. Like this is Jordan took us from like, you know, Trollocs to fades <laughs> to this, to that, to da, and, but the leap to the dark one uh, yeah. <laughs> is such a massive jump. Like uh very, and, then if he, awesome. and he was able to get out. Like how, I mean, this is, this is pretty much, I mean, Demon Dread states, he's like, soon the blockage would soon be gone and the Dark Lord would reach out across the earth again. Soon would come the day of return. Not day of the, but day of return. And he would rule the world for all time. He being Demon Dread under the Great Lord, of course. So, I mean, right then and there, we know, like, it's about to go down. (laughs) Like, stuff is i don't know we're on youtube so stuff is about to hit the fan (laughs) (laughs) so and we're not monetized it's okay (laughs) okay shit's about to hit the fan but um when we read his actual statements they're all capitalized like he is speaking with authority and it's coming across in demon dread's mind is just this awe-inspiring. I say awe because he notices it as moments of bliss and pain at the same time. Like he's felt with the, filled with an overwhelming righteousness, but at the same time, he's like 
being physically dropped to his knees in tears and like i just like in my mind it's like an erotic see, experience exactly mm-hmm. also, like you're like roping a, a painful a painful erotic yeah <laughs> it's, yeah it's that what's, it's what's that combo of pain and pleasure what's the statue in Weirdo. rome um the ecstasy of saint Teresa in rome oh, there's yeah. a there's a chapel and it's considered uh, the church had a problem with it for a long time because it, the way it's portrayed is this woman being being stabbed. I think it's through the leg with a spear, but it's supposed to be the spear of God. And her facial expression is not of pain, but of joy and ecstasy. And um, and, and it's that whole entire the spear. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's a it, it's it's a little stabby stab. The, the 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 Catholic Church had a problem with it when I, I think Michelangelo actually sculpted it, ecstasy Saint Teresa. Um, and it's um yeah it's um. Uh, was was very controversial at the time of the facial expression that the statue has, but um, but this is similar to what I'm, you know, the pain and the ecstasy at the same. I time. wonder if he had a model, like you know, this side. is back in the day. So he's like, I want it to be authentic. Uh, find me some some girl to model <laughs> and don't tell her, but I'm just gonna stab her in the leg. And so he probably planned on doing this sculpture of some woman screaming in pain, but they <laughs> apparently picked up some freak on the street. And mm-hmm. when he walked up her and went stab, she went, "Oh, yes, Daddy, give me more." And he was like, "That's that's the sculpture I'm making. That's, didn't see that coming." But forgot to bring the safe object. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Demon Dread, like he also wanted the Merdral dude to leave because specifically because he didn't want to see him have that emotional experience. Mm-hmm. So clearly he's this very stoic dude wants to show that he's like totally in control of his emotion thoughts and everything. But he knew already going in, cause apparently he's been called before mm-hmm. he knew going in that this experience was going to like break that stoicism. He's going to have an emotional response. And like you said, it wasn't just that it was almost erotic. It was, it was weird. Right. He probably left yeah. a little spot on his pants. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah it's then uh you know they asked uh the dark one asked for his report he reports that ravine is dead and that other forsaken have vanished and the dark one's like yeah you know all that stuff you know and, and reminds him what happens to traitors as well uh, um you know and all this um yeah he uh, specifically says the chosen dwindle dramed drama whatever demanded whatever mm-hmm. the weak fall away who betray me shall die the final death. Asmodian twisted by his weakness, Ravine dead in his pride, he served well. Yet even I cannot save him from Balefire. Even I cannot step outside of time. There's implications there that if you could remove yourself from time some way, then you could bring people back from Balefire. Hmm. That's how I read that, but I have one of those minds where I'm like, okay, so what's the loophole? Like, what's right? What so aren't it's you? Not a, it's, not a, it's not a definitive. It absolutely can't be done. He's saying it can't be done because of his own limitations. Exactly. I picked, I picked up on that too. Mm-hmm. I but also she, picked up on the land fear just kind of disappeared. Didn't say she died. No, not disappeared. At all. Which exactly. also means Moraine didn't die. She just kind she of disappeared. Disappeared. So maybe she can reappear. Did. I think she's going to. And I know he's been on our show before, so you've met Nablus, but this is the first time we hear the word Nablus, uh, yeah. you know, where he turns and asks, like, do you want Will to become she... Nablus? 
Which I also fits, rem- now that we've met Nablus and <laughs> we're a part of the great blight, now all of this fits. <laughs> yeah. I even remember y'all talking about how like the na- his name that he goes by is pretty spoilery. And then you were like, oh, well, there's other people in the Discord that use names that are kind of spoilery, but out of context, like they just mean nothing. And you're absolutely right. right. Like until this moment, it meant right. absolutely nothing to me. Like but I said, but now that's, but that's a... <laughs> That's a pretty cool name to to get. So the minute I read it, especially after meeting him at Jordan Con, I was like, "This fits. This absolutely fits." Yeah, like he literally is yeah. running the show from the back. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> he like yeah. every time we saw names, he had a whole crew around him. So I was like, "Okay, yeah. all of this works." Yeah. So as as delusion points delusion points out, you know, if we're talking about you know exiting outside of time, you know, is Tam going to be the one? That's uh... <laughs> absolutely. Hello, and there we go. That's why you really got to pay attention to those like early horribly recorded episodes because that's where the real nuggets are. Time traveling, Tam. Now time here's my time. my question: Is how is the dark one able to is he like controlling i know we talk about the ravens and the rats are those his eyes and ears in the world like he knows everything that's going on how does he know the rat yeah the eyes and the ears is it the, the rats one. and the ravens and, and, and yeah like, all, all that stuff but he's, he and he's also getting reports so he's getting reports from Merdral and from and from trollocs i mean so he gets all sorts of information he and and from demon dread before because it, Correct me if I'm wrong. This is not his first visit first time, there. Yeah. And, right. and not to jump way, way ahead, but we learned that other Forsaken have been visiting as well. So it's right. Sure. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, it's a normal check-in spot. Um, and, so. then, and, and then we end this point of view with uh, the dark one, giving a message that causes both joy uh, and tears to roll down his face. So tears of joy to roll down his face. Um, so um, uh, that's how we kind of end it. Uh, and did we skip over the part about um, we, we talked about Nablus, but yeah, will you we use Balefire in my name? Like, and then it got into you. You kind of hit on mm-hmm. this, Alan, about how in the past, well, there's repercussions using Balefire. I guess you didn't get into detail, but this gives us a little bit more that at one point they were just finger blasting each other left and right, both sides, and both sides were like, "Holy shit, we're ripping apart reality!" Like, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And without any kind of truce or conversation, they both both sides just kind of stopped using it. Exactly. So, yeah, and and it's not like either side isn't any less of an enemy to each other. It's just they realize by doing it, they can destroy everything, including themselves. Mm-hmm. You never yeah. know what a single thread has done. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. It's like the butterfly yeah. effect. Well, it's like going back in time, and instead of accidentally stepping on one bug and changing things like you know you eradicate a whole species and then <laughs> and back to reality and everything's changed yeah, yeah. He, he poured molten uh aluminum down the ant hill you know to make the little cool decorative right <laughs> like this will be neat <laughs> and you come back to reality and like there's a different empire in charge like Gravity happened where, like, yeah, the the plates never move. We still have Pangea. It's just one giant continent. You're like, wait a minute, what? Malaria never happened. Polio. Yeah. Anyway. So, anything from this point of view before we switch over to uh, Nanive? No. (sighs) That was it. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty intense. 
Well, the next one's pretty intense too, in a different way, because uh, we switched over to Nynaeve, and uh, she's with Leanna and Swan, and um, they're using the item uh, with Mogedian because they got him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, of uh, course. I was really hoping they would talk more about how they captured how they. Well, found you know, they gave her fork like... root in the in the dream yeah i know that but like i expected them to like burst into a house and Mm -hmm. find someone sleeping there yeah Yeah. that sort of thing i was looking forward to the actual capture not just like oh they have her okay yeah great i I was satisfied i was satisfied with this whole section uh this is probably the most predictable of all the interactions uh, in this prologue, but it but it did kind of tie off the end of the last book very nicely, at least in what they have going on. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. yeah, and and it's nice. So you were talking about the Sanderson book you were reading, where um, there was a lot of things that were happening that were pretty predictable, and then every now and then he would he would throw a curveball at you. I feel like Jordan throws a shit ton of curveballs, then every now and then, just to alleviate and make you feel a little more sane, he gives you something like this where you're like, yeah, that's how I thought it would happen. <laughs> so you feel like you're not a moron, but then yeah. he throws you 10 more curveballs. So this yeah. was kind of like the, you know, the soft toss where I'm like, okay, I can hit this one. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, so they're, they're, they're using the autumn to test out, um, you know, the, the, being able to use Magadi's power and, and Nynaeve suggests that Swan try the bracelet on and Swan's kind of done with this, like complains, like you can't heal stilly. Like it's, it's, it's a dumb thing. Like her like, words why, why? were, you can't patch a hole when the whole boat's burned. Yeah. <laughs> it's a waste of time. Yes. Like, Swan has just such the pessimistic view of the world. And I get it. Like, she doesn't want to excite herself and remove herself from a new purpose. Because what we know is that the best way to make sure you don't die from being stilled is to Mm -hmm. become one with your newest purpose. Like, she's gone from being, like, the head honcho, numero uno, and now she has no power at all. So she has to pour herself into the one place where she has some control. Mm-hmm. So that she can live. I, I, I do see the relevance and the importance in that because she definitely is important to everything we have going on. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's she picked a good cause to keep her busy. Um, she's still trying to 100% be in charge of everything, but from behind the scenes and through influencing others. And that is way more time consuming. It takes a whole lot more effort than anything she's ever done. So... Yeah, she's definitely got her hands full with this one. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I will say, though, like, Nynaeve's time isn't wasted. Like, the progress is slow, and there's pretty much no progress with Loghain. But she does notice, um, she says, there's something torn or cut. Mm-hmm. And then she gets from Mogadian or Mogadine or Mogahaga. Moggy. Moggy. That they used to call it severing. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course there's more conversation about how like, you know, well, back in our day, um, you know, pretty much anything could be done just shy of, you know, bringing somebody back from the dead sort of thing. So like, there's still hints from Magedian that it can be done and we are getting mm-hmm. a little bit of progress. So it's just not happening fast enough And Swan's personality, you know, she's the, moving a hundred million miles an hour type person and kind of wants things a little quicker and 
Yeah, Which is so. funny. Nynaeve is typically like that too, except for when it comes to healing. This is definitely the one realm where she has got the most patience. Yeah, and a and a ton of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, she's always been pretty hesitant of the unknown, and once she got outside of her safe little community where she knew what her role was and everything, she was just a little bit more awkward. But in this, she just kind of dove right into it. She asked for it. She wanted it. And she had all the evidence to say low probability of success, but she's still diving into it. And yeah, like you said, really Mm -hmm. be patient. So yeah, it is kind of unique for her. And I think that goes to the point you were trying to make earlier, Alan, about using the IDOM and having, again, going through her train of thought through curiosity and being really a scientist in that extent. She's like, well, let's test the theory. And she removes the bracelet from her wrist and then she puts it on to Swan. Mm-hmm. And Swan's like, oh, this woman really doesn't like us. I can I can sense it. Da, 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 but I don't feel the power. So clearly you can't fix me. Mm-hmm. And but, I, on I feel, the, but on the contrary, I, though. On the contrary. And I, I agree. With, like I'm, I'm, I feel like at that point, Nynaeve had to have the biggest smirk on her face. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. That's what I envision, and that's what I want to see when this, if this pops up in the show, mm-hmm. It's like the yep. biggest smirk, and then she's like, "But you can feel her, <laughs> and only I, I, someone I, I, who can channel, only someone who can channel can feel her." Right. So it's not totally removed. It's not a hundred. You you haven't been turned into a person who can't and never has been and never could be able to channel. You're something less than a channeler. But you're not a normal person. Exactly. You haven't been reduced to that. There's got to be something. And then while this all is happening, Elaine just comes in like Kramer from Seinfeld and just like slams <laughs> yeah. up the door. Like, hey guys! And like, holy crap! You scared the shit out of us. That's exactly how I pictured it. <laughs> <laughs> just busted through the door. Everybody jumping out of their seats. Whoa! <sighs> yeah, scared everyone inside. There. Yeah, they're going to Camelin. <laughs> what? And they're not going to send me. Oh, like scoffing about it, yeah. But. That's right, Jerry. <laughs> I wasn't invited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, they're gonna send a, a a delegation to Camelin to meet Rand or try to find Rand there or something. Um, and Elaine's not invited. Um, you know, and they and she, you know she does not believe that her mother's dead. Uh, that's one thing as well. You're like, well, your mom's dead. Why would you? You know, you need to stay here to be tower trained. And, you know, and they, I guess they want to keep her from going there to send to the throne because she still needs train left. There's a lot of there's a lot of reasoning why they want want her to go. Yeah, Swan um, makes a good point, uh, telling her, well, like, of course you're not going to go. Uh, I totally get that. Uh, I what what caught my attention in this little back and forth is when they started talking about like who's going and how many and swans like oh my gosh they're sending nine like three would have been enough and blah 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 and i I just started thinking that the the eyes that i are out of touch with what's going on here Mm -hmm. like i think they still think they're the center of it all yeah, uh, they think they're the shit. They think because they send a certain number of them that the dragon should be so flattered and just be like, "Oh my goodness, what an honor that nine of you can." He don't give a fine. I mean, as long as it ain't thirteen, he'd probably worry yeah, a lot more about that. Right? He is concerned about numbers, but not in the way they are. They think they're flattering him, uh, huh. but 
No, not at all. Yeah. So it's just kind of weird. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think also we need to pay attention to what's running on in the background too. I mean, Mogadine is here. She's listening. She's observing. She's getting to know everyone. She's getting to know the dynamics. Like, mind you, everybody in the room wishes she was dead, but understands that she's important. And they realize at the current moment, they got a leash on her. But at the same time, you know, if she were to get away with the information, the knowledge that she has right now, the level of danger would go from here to up there. Yeah, good point. Like, I don't think they're keeping enough safeguards here to protect themselves from her to keep her ears closed, hearing things, keep her eyes closed from seeing things that she shouldn't. There's that, what you said, but what if there's some sort of slip or what if over time as she's going through all this, she's also focusing quietly in her own mind on what she can do to escape this. And what if she finds a way and then slaps the necklace on somebody else? Which we know it can be escaped. Bada bing, bada boom. So in my mind, I'm thinking, why didn't they have her spell herself and take care of some of that i'm sorry like i know it's kind of cruel yeah but you know this is war and things have to be done mm-hmm. the smartest thing they could have done is you know get rid of her but they need her clearly and, and she realizes that too so yeah but going going back to the whole conversation with elaine you know swan is definitely on the side of the decision that was made about not sending Elaine. She's like, you have to realize that you're the daughter heir. And though you don't believe that Rand has killed your mother, it is believable that she may be dead. And if anybody gets their hands on you, then they have Andor. So mm-hmm. we, you know, it just makes sense for the Aes Sedai to want to keep you and train you and make you loyal and all of the things. Yeah. It, yeah. And they say and, you, know, and I, you can't trust him because he they hear about the amnesty, like that Rand's allowing men to channel together. Like you can't trust this guy. Like, like I know you say you love him, but I don't think that's good reason not to trust him. But that's I the reason that, that's given. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Because we men definitely are not trustworthy enough to have any real power. I mean, yeah. God forbid you let us start hanging out and talking to each other and you know getting ideas. I know. know. Then we might do something crazy like create a YouTube channel. (laughs) (laughs) Where where for half the episodes, Ian is sloshed and just saying ridiculous stuff. I I know it's an old (laughs) joke, but like guys talking together is always just like not much of any content at all. Like I think there's a stand-up community that does it too, but so true. You go play golf with your friends or something like that and like come back and your wife starts like grilling you about like, so what you and Doug talk about? I'm like, Nothing. Nothing like you didn't you didn't ask about his wife and how his wife's doing. I was like, no, I asked him if he's gonna use a seminar in R6. <laughs> <laughs> that was the extent of our conversation. <laughs> there, there were there were times uh where Alan came over uh to my house and I'm playing Xbox. He just messaged me, he's like, Hey, I'm gonna swing by. I'm like, cool. And he'll come in, just go through the front door because there's no need to knock. No. And he'd come into the den there and I'm playing and he'd lay down on the couch and he'd be like, oh, I'm just going to take a nap. And that's the most we talk to each other. Then like he falls asleep. Then he wakes up and he goes, all right, I'm going to head out after like, <laughs> and that was it. That was the whole visit. That was the whole interaction. Yeah. And I don't even know if I actually looked at him because I'm playing my game and I'm like, all right, cool, bro. 
Okay, that doesn't relate to what we're reading here at all. But no, yeah. not at all. Uh, they don't want the guys to get together. And, yeah, they don't want the guys to get together and be like, want to go fishing? Yeah, cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, oh, well, yeah. Also, uh, I'm still thinking that Elaine is going to get uh, voted in as Amerlin for this breakoff group here. So Elaine? I think that's also why they, yeah, I think that's also okay. the, why they want to keep her around. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Right. I, I still have an issue with the whole Elaine thing. That's too much power for one person to be, you know, in charge of the Aes Sedai and have your own kingdom. Too much. Yeah, too much. Perhaps. Naive. Ain't no way. <laughs> no. She can't even too much of command. a wild card. <laughs> yeah, no, but she's got to do something important. Yeah. Yeah. And too many Aes Sedai there that just don't like her. Yeah. All the more have, reason, and have prejudice against the wild one, wild ones, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Who knows? Whoever yeah. Swan lobbies for is going to end up in there because she's crafty. Yeah. Right. And but they're they're building that relationship already. They had the little tussle. They pulled mm-hmm. each other's hair. They smacked each other in the face. Popped a couple boobs. Like, yeah, they bonded. So I feel like she's the one. And plus. Swan didn't have it easy. She wasn't easygoing. She didn't do what everybody told her to do. You know, this is kind of, you know, a parallel here. They're they're running side by side. She wasn't the sure. best. She just came out on top because she was scrappy. Mm-hmm. That's true. That could happen. I won't rule that out. I yeah. like it. And of course we learned somebody else is going mm-hmm. to go visit Rand. <laughs> makes makes Elaine a little jelly, I think. Oh yeah. I when I, I already knew that that was going to happen before I even read it, I was like, men's going to go <laughs> And my, like everything. And he said, men, this is finally when men hooks up with Rand. It's about to go down. Well, no, 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 no. I don't. Here's the other side of that though. Who's still with Rand? Avienda. Avienda. So I feel like there's going to be like a lot of Avienda and men like tension. Back and forth. Yeah, because Avienda is still going to defend the relationship between Rand and Elaine. And mm-hmm. she's, like you keep saying, she's pregnant. By the way, you <laughs> said it, and now I've got Chanel in the background going, I bet you. I'm uh-huh. like, now uh-huh. it's two of you. So, Come like, on. Come you on. Know that? <laughs> One and done. And it, it wasn't even I bet sure. you. Like, I went to her. After you said it, I went, hey, what do you think about Avienda? And ran. She's like, I think Avienda's pregnant. I'm like, bam, bam. Okay, I didn't even. I said you and Ian. She's smart. You and Ian agree. <laughs> She's like, well, there's something good. <laughs> so I knew there's a reason why I liked Ian. He agrees with me more than you do. <laughs> there you go. Trust me, we'll we'll find many things to disagree on. So yeah, yeah. And um, we also learned that both Nynaeve and Elaine have been getting a whole lot of credit for discovering a whole bunch of new stuff. And we learned how they've been discovering stuff. They've just been torturing Magetian pretty much with the autumn to 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 give him all the information from age of legends and like rediscovering all sorts of tricks and things uh and they go through a lot of those yeah. um again how, predictable. Them. yeah makes it makes sense like why wouldn't you that's exactly yeah. what i would be doing so what do you think about like, all this leveling up though like i mean they're learning so much do you think this is a, a huge level up for all of them oh sure uh i think what was even more interesting is First, they admit that, well, at least to the reader, 
that they're not sharing everything they learn with the rest of the sisters. They're careful, like how much they divulge, but in doing so they're realizing like, as they introduce something new, they could see a twinkle in some of the eyes that eyes eyes as if, Oh shit. Um, they already knew that, but they also did not share that with the rest of the sisters. And that all these different eyes that I have like special secret things that they can do that they don't tell anybody else about. I mean, the more I find out about the relationships with these Aes Sedai, the, the more I'm glad I just have nothing to do with them. Like, <laughs> so shady. But le- leveling up, yes. But also all this BS among the Aes Sedai, like, get out of here with that shit. They're not, they're not, they're not playing as a team at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, uh, they also learned about some dark friend plots. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Wait, back There's up. a question in the comments. Will men go? Yeah, of course men's gonna go. She's drawn like she is all about her some rand at the moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's ready to jump. Never mind, I'm not gonna go that far, but <laughs> might have two babies on the way soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there'd be plenty of babies. Uh let's talk about the invisibility thing where one of the am I jumping ahead here? With uh and so what one of the eyes that I was like complimenting about like the invisibility thing, how cool it is. And she mm-hmm. thinks like they might be able to tweak it to get rid of the shimmering. Yeah. yeah. And there's another one with the eavesdropping thing where they can talk um, mm-hmm. over long distances. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So this type of shimmering, does that have any relationship with shimmering we've seen before? So, I mean, I think you're talking about inverting weaves. Is that what you're talking about? So yeah. you can't see the weaves anymore. Well, I thought there was an invisibility thing too. There might but like there was there was kind of a he used the word shimmering. Yeah. So that's why then I went all the way back to the original prologue and be like, okay, because he kind of shimmered when he came into view there. Was it that he transported from somewhere else to there or he was there but invisible and then revealed himself? Hmm. Well, oh, yeah. this is the yeah. the way you wrap yourself in light to become invisible, remarkable. I'm sure someone will find out how to stop the ripples so you can move about with it. So, uh, you know, that's not exactly the same. Shimmering, I think, is just that transportation. But then this invisibility is something different. All right. My my own mind applied the word shimmering. That's where I got lost on that tangent. (laughs) Got a lot of squirrels running around here, guys. If y'all don't know that by now. (laughs) Yeah, um, and yeah, the eavesdropping thing was the one they wanted to enhance to try to figure out how to utilize it to talk over long distances and things like that. Well, I promise, the I ain't dropping no eaves. What did you say? The ability to make the Ta'angriol. Yeah. Like, they're getting their props, and they're yeah. definitely learning how to do a lot. Mogadine has definitely been a big help. She's the new Asmodian, or the female Asmodian, however you want to put it. Like, she is dropping knowledge bombs left and right mm-hmm. and yet the girls recognize that she's holding back yeah that she still knows so much more well and then they won't use compulsion like I, so i understand like you don't want to take some ice free will from them because you then you're sure oh, they're gonna use it you don't and the use- whole disguising yourself to like change your appearance and everything uh, they're gonna use it all it's gonna happen I mean, it's not that Yoda couldn't use force lightning. It's just that you don't want to touch the dark side and use the dark side powers. You know, there's a certain limit to the powers. You limit yourself. 
which is why the Jedi are disadvantaged at the Sith, because the Sith actually uses the light and the dark side. People don't realize that they use both sides of the force. Well, that's why you, you need the gray. Yeah. Well, yeah. the gray, the, yeah, the gray, gray use both sides, but don't give in to the dark. That's correct. Yeah. That's the balance. That would be me. <laughs> I would take if, if any other chosen could be as emo as Asmo, it's Mogi. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah. I like it. But so, I mean, the idea of not wanting to use compulsion again, like I get it. You don't want to strip somebody of their humanity. I mean, I've read a number of books and number of things. And the biggest thing about being human is the ability to have free will to make decisions and to make choices but this whole book is about lack of choices let's just be real the will it's about saving it's about saving (laughs) all of existence (laughs) this isn't like trying to win a little battle a tiny skirmish someone was about winning the last battle and and not (laughs) not to compare apples to apples but like i remember there was an argument going on 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 some uh online forum a while back about game of thrones versus wheel of time i was like it's almost trying to explain wheel of time to like some game of thrones fans it's like it's a lot like game of thrones but the stakes are a lot higher they're like what like how they hire it's like well and the other thing's just fighting over a throne like you're fighting for everything you're fighting for like time itself like it's like like existence <laughs> like the yeah. are if you get finger so blasted hard enough not only will you disappear but everything you did or touched or affected in the last day week month depending on how hard they blasted you yeah gone yeah and and looking at the chat because i can't help myself yes Aglaine is definitely opposed to torture she's a healer asmr so snacks yeah <laughs> so like Oh, speaking of which, I had an ice cream. I think I left it on the counter, and that was an hour ago. Squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) is Egwene opposed? I mean, she's a healer, so yeah, she's opposed to torture. She's not going to do it. I mean, she even had the opportunity to kill Mogadine. I would have done it. She would have been gone. That's one Mm -hmm. less enemy to worry about. Like, the minute I caught her with the IDOM, I would have said, all right, now I want you to put a bubble over your head. Now I want you to drain of all air, and I want you to breathe deep, and mm. then exhale. Yeah. <laughs> like it would have been college. I mean, they, they they did they did the better the better route of actually keeping her alive. I, mean, I think so. Like, yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, yeah, it makes more sense to keep her alive. They get to use her. You know, it makes more sense because they don't want to hurt other people. But you know, at the end of the day. I th- I just I'm praying that it doesn't come back to bite them, but mm-hmm. everything in me says it's going to. Yeah. Yep. Where are we at in this book? Uh, we're pretty much past the part with information. They, then they learn about dark, dark from plots. Oh, I thought uh, we were talking about men going, and then we talked about men going. There was a whole little conversation, the awkward moment between men and Elaine, and. Thought we're not gonna let a guy get in between us. I think all girlfriends have that conversation. Like, you know, we're always gonna be each other's best friend and we're never gonna let a guy get in between us. And then that one guy comes along and it's like, hmm, ain't he fine? Yeah, girl, he got a nice butt. You like his butt too? Yeah, I like it. All right, well, he can't get between us. Okay. <laughs> Who's Little did they first? know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, it happens. Yeah. yeah. So after this, we switch to Elaine's point of view. We're still in the same location. It's just now outside the room. 
Uh, anything from this before we switch over to the line? Nope, I kind of already went there. Okay. Yeah, there's so yeah. much. We could spend an hour on each one of these little <laughs> I perspectives, <know>. but <laughs> we hit the highlights. Yeah, so we go there. Elaine waves to Brigitte, uh, who is trying to play with the two boys that came with Megedian. Uh We learned more about that. There's just some refugees that Megedian picked up to try to keep her disguise going. Didn't we say um, that Morgedian was one of those two? Yep. 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 The one with the kids. We yes. called it. We called yeah, that one. You did call that one. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, because McGettian if says- I was trying to infiltrate, that's exactly what I would do. <laughs> like, you mm-hmm. might not be able to play on the heartstrings just enough just by being this, like, oh, I'm a stranded woman, but man, you got two, like, kids whose dad got whacked in the war. Like, come on. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. a ticket to ride anywhere, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, it helped with disguise. Uh, and Gareth Brynn comes by. Um, and Elaine remembers that she has heard about him recruiting the Hulse army and, you know, um, has a little interaction. Yep. Uh, I think I breezed that in my mind. Yeah. No, I, that's what I was going to say. That was just a quick reminder that he was there and doing stuff. Yeah, and, she uh, run- he really yeah. was not connected to her. Mm-hmm. at all he's he's past her mom he's like yeah that that trick like that you know she's she's out of my mind i have a new focus now where's swan mm-hmm. i want to check in on her and make sure she's doing my laundry like mm-hmm. good excuse to go take a look into those big blue eyes mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah um and then actually as she's moving through the crowd she runs into a, a couple of i said i anaya and janya who are praising her and proud of all her discoveries. And they think it's marvelous that she's been able to make Tangriel. Um, yeah. And that no one's been able to do that since like the age of legends. And it's crazy that she's been able to figure this out. Um, well, so why is it like good cop, bad cop sort of thing? It's like, there's one that's buttering her up and praising her. And the other one that's like doing the elbow, like, all right, that's enough. Come on. You know what that <laughs> shit go to her head sort of thing. Like, I think they still want to keep her in her place. Yeah. But they're doing, Elaine and Ineve are doing what no other Aes Sedai has been able to do in thousands of years. Don't you can't say no other Aes Sedai. They're not Aes Sedai yet. Well, that's true. They're doing ex- more than what the White Tower Aes Sedai have been able or to any do. Aes Sedai have done right in, in quite some time. So I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's an example. Like, what if you're sitting in a math class and you have this really ornery professor? And they're just hammering you about some basic shit that it's the same shit that's been taught for so many years. And every now and then you keep popping out these new proofs and theories. And then he looks at it and goes, damn, that's right. Damn, that's right. How many times you got to do that to realize I should be teaching this class? Yeah. I don't need to be here anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like what else, what else do you have for me? I you stopped know, listening I, to my mom by the age of 13. Cause I just knew like, I got <laughs> you. Like, All right. I can go to work right now yeah. and make more money than you. Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> because I understand the way this world works a lot better than you do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel um, like we got to be teetering on that. Got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's going to be some more tension coming up with that in the next com- coming chapters or in this book? Definitely. I mean, it, it was already there. You, we skipped over it, but you had the conversation that Nynaeve was having in her own mind about how she missed the clothes that she wore, mm-hmm. that she's back in the accepted gown with white, with strips of different colors when she felt like she should already be there. Mm-hmm. And then you have Egwene who clearly wants to go home. Like she wants to be with Rand. Like she's, 
at a point where I think they're Elaine, both at yeah. a point or Elaine, Elaine sorry. Yeah. They're both at a point where they realize and understand that there is a lot they can learn in the sense that they don't have the control that the others do. They don't have the basics down. But Mm -hmm. on the other side of that, they know so much more and they have so much greater power than the others do that it's like, do I really need to be an Aes Sedai or can I just make it on my own at this point? Because if the power is going to overwhelm me, it would have already because I'm using more power than anybody else does. Well, this this is how Swan gets her influence back. Swan convinces the others that they really need to put Nynaeve or Elaine, one of them, into this leadership position. Um, because, hey, hey, ladies, eventually they're going to recognize, well, one, we should recognize that they're just doing amazing shit. And they're more powerful. Like if they took any one of us on one-on-one right now, we'd be in trouble sort of thing. So there's a way to convince them that, hey, in order to keep that power, at least on our side, where we can somewhat still direct it, we put one of them in charge here. Mm -hmm. But Swan still has some trump cards over Nynaeve and Elaine, the biggest one, this Mogidian shit. Um, So like if she can negotiate getting them in one of those positions of power she would have more influence and control. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, get, I, get, I could see that's something Swan would do here. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And of course, Elaine is moved to the crowd. She's trying to get to men because she wants to talk to men before she leaves um, and finds her uh, near the river Eldar uh, about to leave to head up to Camelin. Uh And they talk about Swan and, and uh, they both confess, confess they both love him. Uh, and neither mm-hmm. wants to give them up. Sweet. It's just, um, yeah. Um, but they also don't want to risk their friendship and lose each other. So, oh. <laughs> now they're like, okay, who's this third chick? So they go there to try and find like a common enemy, enemy if you will, something they can like easily agree on. Like, all right, well, we'll both like kind of not like this third person. But they still never really answered the question. They didn't ask the hard questions. They didn't answer the hard questions. Like, all right, what if Min goes there and knocks the boots with Rand? What's that going to do to the friendship? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. there's potential. Rand's a, Rand's a man now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Maybe Elaine was just okay with stealing a couple kisses here and there in tear, but Min just seems like the type, not that she's a hussy or nothing like that, but she seems like the type like... Uh, you know, if she knows what she wants and, and the opportunities there and, you know, consent given and all that jazz. Sure. She don't take <laughs> care of business. Then what? Yeah. <sighs> think the friendship will survive that? Yes. Okay. I think, first off, like, they, they've come to the conclusion that it's going to happen and it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. And men is not like, at the current moment, the others in the sense that she's just like, I'm going to accept fate because I see fate. It just is what it is. We can't control it. The will weaves. Yeah, she doesn't fight it as much as the others. No. And Mostly then, because of her gift. Elaine is diplomatic. And mm-hmm. she's seen this type of behavior all of her life. I mean, look at her mom. Her mom entertained men. I mean, she's even mentioned it like, you know, I... You know, my mother's an older, more mature woman. I, you know, I've got my youth and my looks and this and the other. I should be able to 
do as I please. Like she's kind of alluded to it when talking about Tom. Mm. So I think she's kind of used to this mindset that those that are in power kind of take liberties. Mm. One okay. of which is their relations. Well, we're, we're going to find out. Cause I, I think I, men's going to get there and mix it up a little bit. And I don't doubt that. But the other side of that is <laughs> men is DTA. Great. <laughs> 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 you know, that went through my head and I was like, all right, can't say that. What's another way to dance? But around you got to, you're missing the third piece of it though. You still have Avi ended until Avi again, India gets the okay from Elaine. She's going to cock block hardcore. That's true. That's like her true. bed is literally three feet from Rand's. Mm. Mm. I can't wait to see where this goes. I'm going to be mad if this prologue like touches on all <clears> these <throat> things and then the rest of the book is about nothing but brand new characters and a whole nother time and place. Maybe it's a parent book. It's all about uh, men shacking with Rand. That's the rest of this book. It's just men yeah, right. Rand. It's a just a dirty, raunchy romance <laughs> novel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take a pause and, and go back to personal life real quick. I just got a message from a teacher friend from that I used to work with just a few months ago. And it's like, I just want you to know we're doing testing. It's extremely rough. I'm exhausted. I would love to be able to take medical leave for the rest of the year. That's how <laughs> bad it is. We miss you. Oh, I'm like, oh, I don't miss that, but I do miss <laughs> them. They're, like she's asking, yeah. I need tips on these kids because they're horrible. And they move from your class into my class. They're creating chaos. I'm like, tell your administrator. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to this. This is one of those moments where like. She's engaging with an unauthorized employee. Tell her that. Exactly. At this point, I've threatened HR and I think I might actually have to go talk to the employee or commission because I still have not been paid for that time. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, (laughs) oh, the real world. I would much rather be in a world where I could, you know, use magical powers and have three (laughs) wives. I don't understand why Ram would want to do that. He has a hard enough time understanding women, period. And now he's talking about his love interest with three different women. Mm -hmm. You know what? If that were a woman doing that, we'd be calling her all sorts of hoes and whores. Ram's a man whore. He so yeah. also happens to be like the most powerful being in the book at the moment. Well, which brings me to the point: how much, how weak is he in comparison to the Dark One? Right now, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he's anywhere close. I think potential. I still don't think by himself, even reaching his greatest potential, can handle it. Yeah. I, I think it's got to be all of them kind of working together at their greatest potential. Okay. I mean, it's it's going to take like all of humanity and all of existence to somehow get on the same page in fighting this. Okay. It's going to be all about Bella. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to ride in on Bella. Bella! <laughs> that was awesome. We have that. See, there's benefits coming to YouTube. We, we can do this stuff. Right. And thank you, Way the Leaf, for that. Um, that is the Way the Leaf uh, that created that uh, uh, wonderful um, 
video and montage. <laughs> Every time I dance, I've heard it so many times, and I just start dancing and screaming along with it. <laughs> all right, get us back uh, on track. Where are you? All right, this book. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of the end of this point of view. Uh, anything else from this before we switch to uh, the character that Chris has desperately been waiting so long to hear from? Yeah, I don't have anything else from there. All right, so just the Fayil. Well, Which let me tell you, I read like Perrin Golden before I even read the chat, the the paragraph. I saw the name Perrin Golden Eyes, Lord of the Two Rivers, and I'm like, yes, finally, Perrin, yes, he's. And then I'm like, oh, you suck, Jordan. Yeah. You... Okay, Jordan. That being said, though, I like Fayel and I like the way she handled this. So we can go yeah. there. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. So Fayel's holding court in the afternoon in the manor house that's not quite finished yet. Because um, they're trying to just discuss normal day to day type things. Um, and we learn later this is on. where I that... like to start by saying, yeah, I'm going to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Fayel is holding court. Mm-hmm. Absolutely what she has been against for how many years? Yeah, and then she gets married. Try to run from this kind of lifestyle, mm-hmm. and then boom, it's like, all right, now you, you're the only one that knows how to do it. So you're and marries a it. blacksmith, not a king, not a prince, or anything like that. A blacksmith, and here she is holding court. <laughs> yep, is she Tavirin? Huh? No. Or did she get Tavirin into it? She got Tavirin into, into it. it. Yeah, I don't even think it was Tavirin. I think um, somebody yeah. laid the hammer really well. It's it's interesting, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that Perrin's not here, but it also explains that Perrin doesn't want to be there because he doesn't want to pass judgment on people he grew up with. Uh, so he's kind of deferring or uh, delegating that to Fayil uh, to 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 speak on his behalf. Um, yeah, which yeah. makes sense. Um, so, so everybody's coming in with their complaints. So you got can I can I read what I sent you? Sure. The um. There was, what's it called, with the constant consonants, the alliteration? Alliteration, yeah. I don't know if you peck, picked up on it, Chris, but when he started talking about the pheasant-feathered fan, and like the next few sentences, it just kept going. <laughs> so I'm bored. I'm bored as I'm listening to it, and I'm, I'm going, uh, going down the road, and I pause it, uh, and I, I voice texted Alan, and I was like, five, five pheasant-feathered fans, fanning falcons, frowning faces, 15 followers, frantically fight in front of Fael, which is literally what happens in the next few paragraphs. <laughs> yeah, it stands out more as you're listening to it. Like, mm-hmm. just a lot of Fs coming up here. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Didn't even notice that. Yeah. yeah. And um, as it, Sharman, uh, Zephyr, and Ray Alvin have come in to ask which of them have a right to will a scene. Uh, you know, there are all these little squabbles that are going on, and um, yeah, Fayil's just like, let the wisdoms handle it. <laughs> it's women's circle business. Uh, I don't have time for this. Um, and then we get our old village grumpy man. <laughs> Sinbui. You know, people make the argument that capitalism <laughs> is destroying America and blah, blah, blah. And capitalism is a problem. The problem isn't capitalism. The problem is when corporations or businesses try to get the government to intervene on their behalf and essentially the government pick winners and losers. And this is what he's trying to do here. 
he's not really mad about these people coming in here. He's mad about how it's affecting his business. And now there's other competition and now there's tile versus thatch and da, 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 da. So instead of letting the people with their own money make the decision and pick the winners and losers by like what they choose to spend money on, he's trying to get the local government to influence the situation to help his business. And that's fucked up. <laughs> that's the problem in America. Corporate, Cor- corporatism versus capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. That's the problem. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. And he's, he's definitely using corporatism. He's trying, you know, to, to use mm-hmm. his influence of being on the hey, council. He put it on. <laughs> he, he came in on his cane and he, you know, Oh my goodness. Can you believe this? And can you believe that he tried to use a little bit of, try to really slightly grease Fayel up. He slips up with talking about how the foreigners and, Mm-hmm. Like you know, I am one of those. Like, yeah, I belong to you people. Like, yeah, <laughs> he really he's went in strong he's, with he's, the... these outlanders in their strange ways. You know, you know I'm an outlander. <laughs> it's so funny how you know, even in the current status of the world, we see all these parallels to what was happening when Jordan was writing this book, and then he incorporated it into the book. It's like. Do we literally continue to repeat the exact same cycles over and over and over again? And when the hell are we going to find our way out? Like, I, you know, I guess that's the moral of this entire series is like the the wheel is, is cyclical and we're going to keep in it until finally somebody breaks free of it. Maybe is that the are goal? Are you proposing a new world organization? You know, we're on YouTube and we're live, so I'm gonna go back <laughs> to the book. They got the, got the that? guy, the guy, the black Alec suit outside. We edit. got him, we got him. Alec can't edit. Sit him so. in. <laughs> you see the door bust of him behind Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Silence him. <laughs> but I, I do enjoy this the back and forth banter that we see Fael having to put up with going back to the ladies and how. You know, they're trying to determine who should have control over the man. I mean, does anybody really have control over another person's body? And then we have this whole back and forth, like you said, about, you know, my company's being hurt because we're essentially outsourcing our work to somebody else. And they're, Mm -hmm. you know, using different materials, but, you know, it, it shouldn't be that way. That's not the way it should be. That's not the... The, the way of the two rivers. It's all just... We've always rode horses. Get these steam engines out of here. <laughs> Dagnabbit progress. Messing up my business. But I love Fayel's response, which kind of shows that there's still real people out there. She's like, huh, we chose to go with you. And our roof still isn't done. Yeah. Maybe I'm talking to the wrong person. Maybe I need to go look into this. Let's go with this tile new tiling and he's like oh let me get out of here <laughs> so uh great point i should have yeah. said this up front i love how fayel handles every single one of these situations she reads between the lines uh with everybody that comes up and complains and this that and the other she calls people out on their bs where they need to be called out but not in a totally disrespectful way just enough to kind of you know nudge them in the right direction um pretty smart yeah. And going back to the whole technology thing, just a little, little fun tidbit, because uh, I love this aspect of, of history is uh, when the can, cannon was first invented, 
the first person they tried to sell it to was Constantine, the I can't remember which one it was, a uh, Byzantine, uh, Constantinople. And he balked and said, we're not going to spill this money. It costs way too much to make them. Our walls are strong enough. We don't need this crappy new technology. And he turned around and sold it to the Ottomans. Well, now Istanbul is uh, what's what's Constantinople? <laughs> yeah, because because I mean, literally, that's why they change it. I can't say. Well, you I can just tell like you. Like it better that way. I can tell you, it's because they sold the cannons to the Ottomans, and the Ottomans are like, "Well, yeah, we'll take it on the walls." Here, boom, 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 walls are done. <laughs> yep. Um, and that's why. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, it's lots of other reasons too, but that's a big faux pas yeah, in history. Yeah. Talk about just technology where it's. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. Um so yeah, um, but yeah, so I mean towel versus thatch. And, and Files kind of, you know, says, Yeah, we'll do thatch, but you guys get you know, hurry up and finish, or we'll go with tile. Um, so get to it. Yeah, you should be more focused on running your crew than yeah. coming in here complaining okay. about you got work to do, you know, you can't be making money. Get to it. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And more petitioners come in, you know, about herbs and cures directed to the women's circle and a couple other things, dispute our boundaries. Um, you know, um, just, just array of things. So I don't know if anything kind of perked up there that you guys want to discuss, but there's, it's just basically just petitioner after petitioner, petitioner coming in. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, she does a good job. Well, so she started the taxation mm-hmm. in the two rivers. Right. So she really is establishing a kingdom, mm-hmm. which is something that they haven't had since Menethrin, to be right. honest with you. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of reestablishing a new Menethrin under Perrin. So I know it's a far stretch. Maybe we got some of that right. Maybe we are getting the revival of Menethrin, just not the way we wanted it. Mm-hmm. Because she realizes that she's making promises and they're growing the people and more people are pouring into the two rivers. So she's going to have to create infrastructure. So we see Fayil's upbringing really coming out. And I think this is where the benefit of having a father that was a general and a tactician and really a creator comes into play rather than just a king because she sees the gaps that Perrin will never see. Mm-hmm. And she has the authority of really her own authority, but it's her husband's name, but it's her own, you know, verbalization of what needs to happen. And she's mm-hmm. she will be the one to create this kingdom here. Okay. And we know that's gonna come to fruition. I mean, I don't want to skip too far. And Perrin's okay with that. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. parent parent has literally been like literally behind the curtain listening to everything going on and kind of snickering like she's got to deal with all this and I get to sit back and just she's doing a great job I'm gonna make sure I give her her props when she comes back here and you know I gotta make sure she knows how much I appreciate her because at the end of the day this is all her work and I get to sit back and do what I want to do which is be out Mm -hmm. of people's faces like he's the ultimate introvert Right. And she's that extrovert who is kind of getting drained at this point. So she's kind of like over it. And then all of a sudden the women's circle walks in. It's like, oh, not the yeah, women's bo- circle, but a group of, of women. Yeah. And, and they're, you know, talking about how boys have run off because of stories they've heard from Perrin and they're saying they're frightening people. And 
and the weather's unnatural and Fayel's like, yeah, you guys are two rivers people though. You guys, you guys got this. It's are fine. So like my um, husband's always talked about how great y'all are. And by the way, you're talking about Perrin and all the stories he's telling. How about I hook you up with a, a, de- a lunch date with him? You can discuss <laughs> these things with him and make him shut up. And maybe you can even make him do his job so I can not have to do his job. Let, and, let me put you on his calendar. Yeah let, yeah, let me take care of that for you. They're like, no, 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 no. We're good. We'll deal with you. I no. mean, so this is where I really got concerned, though. The fact that our wisdoms are not able to hear the wind. Mm, yeah. So in this, what I started to ascertain is those people that were in touch with the one source but hadn't really learned to control it are being blocked from it at this point. Mm -hmm. So then my thought went as far as going, well, as the dark one gains in power, how much more will he be able to block the women from their part of the power? Mm -hmm. Will he be able to block other eyes to die? Like, I don't. I honestly don't believe he'll be able to block Nynaeve and Egwene and so you think Elaine. Block, you think he's blocking them? Well, I mean, they can't hear the wind anymore. That was really the only way they were channeling is by kind of Chris, getting in touch with the wind. Have you ever truly experienced with a a good storm coming? Have you ever experienced the calm before the storm? Yes. That's how I took it. Um, I think it's much more pronounced when you're sailing on a boat because it's not just you stop feeling the wind blowing for a second. The boat that was, you know, at an angle of the wind, you know, kind of leaning to the leeward side goes flat and all the sails luff. So there's mm-hmm. a rocking motion. You come flat. You hear the sails luff. There's a moment for you to look up and go, wait, what's going on? And then you see the storm. You see that next line of wind coming, which is usually going in the opposite direction. So you're about to get fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, I t- I took this the, as the calm and, before the storm, and the proper response to that is you look up with a stuck face and go, "White squall, white squall." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Pretty I much. I get that. So you're saying it's not that they're blocked from the powers that it's about to go down. Yeah, which I, took- I will say this out loud: Chanel's on like chapter. Here, I'll take a look at the chapter she's on. Chapter nine now. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. So when she got to chapter two, she's like, it's about to go down. (laughs) When I walked in the door today, she's like, it went down. Like, it is going down. And I'm like... And I have a month and a half before I catch up to you. (laughs) Oh, man. She's like, no, no, not catch up. You have a yeah. month and a half to get to where I'm currently at. And by the time you get to where I'm at, I'll be on the next, next book. book. I'm like, shit. <laughs> this it. is why like, I, I'm at a point now where I don't want to watch TV with you. I don't like, like I don't want anything to do with you. You are ruining my future marriage, Alan. I just put that out there. Like, we, I have started a whole new book. I put my earbuds in before I walk in the door. I come in, I give her a kiss, I sit on the couch and I sulk as I listen to Sky. What Skyward now a whole other book? And she's in there like <laughs> reading through the book. I'm like, like I'm so happy that right now I have the book because I slowed her down by a night. Yeah. 
I looked at her and said, I even looked at her, but I walked in the door. Before I even walked in all the way, I said, you know what happens tonight? She's like, you record. I was like, so you know what that means? She's like, you're taking the book. I'm like, yep. <laughs> my only little bit of payback. My rep- I even mentioned <laughs> buying another copy of the book just so I didn't have to take it, and I decided not to buy it. Boom. And she's not listening right now, so I can say that and not get in trouble. Well, with that, with that little tidbit of it goes down in the next couple of chapters. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. Calm before the storm. Yeah. <laughs> it's about to go down. Yeah. Yeah. And then Fayil goes outside and sees Perrin. Um and Perrin's watching Tam and Aram practice the sword. And we talk about, you know, where the tinkers are gonna go and outside um, or upstairs on like their balcony. I guess didn't they have like some yeah. third floor balcony that he was sitting on? Yeah, I guess. That's a lot cooler yeah. than him being outside. Like Good she's point. down there but doing outside, business and he's chilling on the balcony, just watching shit happen from yeah. a distance. Yeah. yeah but he's like outside that. on the balcony. Yeah. Yes. But he's watching yeah. Tam and Aram practice. Yeah. Um, Tell the comment that I'm petty. I just want y'all to know. Chanel knows I'm petty. I'm the ultimate petty. I admit it. I own my petty. All my booze. But yeah, going back to this. So, and this is in one of those moments where we have pettiness coming from Perrin because he could have gone down there. He could have taken over. He could have done what he has kind of positioned himself to do, whether he meant to or not. He has become, you know, the young Lord. He is becoming a King, a ruler. And this is part of his responsibility to hear the people and to make sure things are happening as they should. Mm -hmm. So he, he has tasked his wife with this because he doesn't want to deal with it. That that's quite quite petty, to be honest with yeah. you. Well, but there's that, and what we're about to find out is he's being drawn. He's, he's and he's always kind of known that he's not going to be able to settle down <coughs> here. It was weird for him to be in charge of these people that he just used to live amongst, and and that all made sense. But I think deep down he knew that his job elsewhere was not done. Mm-hmm. Once he made it back and did what he could to. Well, you know, he wanted to help his family, and that didn't exactly work out, but helped the town, and the town is prosperous. And then he put himself in a position where other people can fill in and take charge, and he just sat and watched. And now that he's sitting back, that's why I like the imagery of being up in the balcony. Like, he probably could, if he wanted to, like, here down below, like, Fayil hearing people and handling all of that. He's looking out across the town. He's seeing, all right, the construction's happening Commerce is starting to happen. I'm looking down here. Tam's still doing a fantastic job. And in his mind, he can feel comfortable leaving, which is about to come up here. And he can make that transition and get out of there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, don't think it's, I don't think it's just being petty. I, th- I think it's, I feel like he's always known he's going to get drawn away from this. And he feels Rand tugging on him. I mean, yeah. just that yeah. Tamir tug uh, and that he needs to leave. Something's going on and he needs to get back to Rand. And he tells it to Fael. I mean, he says, I got to leave the two rivers. I want you to stay. Um, you know, when the Lord leads, the lady needs to stay to, to rule over the kingdom and makes a good argument, but she's not having any of it. She's like, nope, I'm going to go with you. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of a scenario where he leaves and she stays. Yeah. Yeah, no. I'd be floored if that idea. happened. Now, I do think it's cool that she brought new technology to them. I'm trying to find exactly where I was talking about it, where she brought... Irrigation. Um, Irrigation. Did we yeah. talk about mm-hmm. that already? Did I miss that? Part? We we have, we didn't talk about that, but yes, we kind of breezed over it. Yeah. Well, when the when the ladies were talking about the absence of water and 
mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah. The weather changing. The yeah. irrigation no stuff, snow, so. the, no breaking of the heat, you know, and then she also mentions something that I really, I caught on to it earlier on and it was, we talked about it before, but parents temperament, you know, that I guess it doesn't surprise me because I can be the same way at times. Like when I get overwhelmed and shit gets super stressful, I go into like defensive attack mode, if that's even a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing. I was married to it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm not that bad. I know I'm not that bad. I, I am a very well, I am very aware of myself. So I I stay away from it. But you know, stuff gets to a point where it's like, I need you to do exactly what I say, exactly how I say it, period. Or else I don't need you. Like, go away. You're wasting my time because I could do it better on my own. Mm-hmm. And that's not a positive space to be in. It's not a good mindset. So I know there's been conversation probably six, seven, eight months ago about the relationship between parent and file. And I just say, I hope that doesn't evolve into anything more. I hope it kind of just remains on the outskirts, but it doesn't turn into like domestic issues. And if it does, I hope she drops parent as much as I love him. He's my boy. You know, I hope that she makes the decision she needs to for herself. And it's like, all right, I'm taking the kids, the pups and we're leaving. Yeah. 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 And that's how we end this point of view is with, um, you know, the, the argument's pretty much being shut down that Fail's going to go with Parrot and Parrot needs to go to Rand. Yeah. Do you think Aram's going to go too? That's a good question. Yeah. Or will they leave Aram the la- to be here to help take charge of things? No, the last time we had Perrin actually in a book before this, um, was that Shadow Rising? And that, anyways, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like Aram was constantly following Perrin around, was mm-hmm. just constantly on his heels. Um, and Aram, he's not training with Tam just to get better with the sword. Like I, like I think he wants even more to put it in action. So if there's a chance to leave and take the fight somewhere else versus just sit there and wait for somebody maybe to attack and defend. Yeah. He's, he's going to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. So anything for all this? Nah, I think we've okay. covered it well enough. Tam is still the so man. As always, Tam, Tam, Tam is about Tam. to, if, if they both leave, he's going to be running shit. Yeah. I can see Fantastic. that. Yep. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Anyway, um, Gawain Trakant. Our good friend Gawain, who Ian calls me, which... Yeah, Alan is Gawain. I, I, I see what she did there. I like Gawain, though. So I, I, far. <laughs> he killed Hamar. Hamar and... Yeah. Uh, so? Okay. <laughs> so you have Gawain, you know, dragging a little pebble on the top of a hill. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're getting prepared to fight um, 
you know, with the younglings, I guess the Aiel. Uh, they're somewhere between Kyrian and Tarvalon. Uh, they've left. They're they're heading that way. Um, I guess uh, with you know with the Shido approaching, and and the Aes so, Sedai clearly don't give him a lot of information. It's just like last second, hey, we're gonna go to this meeting real quick. Come on, yeah. So he doesn't really know what to expect, and even kind of comments on you know leave it to the Aes Sedai to just kind of come up with something like this last second. Mm-hmm. Only I said I would wait until the last minute to tell a man about a thing like what was to happen today is the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I said I clearly don't trust him that much, but they see him and his group of younglings as useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, the, and these wise ones from the Aiel are approaching the I said I. Um, and, and, you know, they had Corin, to- one of the one of the I said I had told uh, Galway to keep his mission, swear to keep his mission secret, you know, uh, or what they were doing. So. Um, you know, it's six Aes Sedai are with them, uh, and they're going to ask the Dragon Reborn to accompany them back to the tower. Uh, <laughs> and the uh, younglings are an escort of honor. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what do you think about all this? I mean, you say good luck with it, but what do you think? What do you think? How do you think this is going to go if, if or when they get to Kyrian and meet with Rand, if Rand is even in Kyrian? Hmm. I mean, they're making deals with the Shido now. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to help it. Gawain within this section is catching rumor about his mother and sister dead and Rand's to blame. Mm-hmm. That ain't going to help it. Mm-hmm. Rand clearly doesn't trust where he know. He don't trust anybody coming from the tower. Because he knows too much about what's going on in the tower. Correct. That ain't going to help it very much. Mm-hmm. Mm. Another big fight. I'm wondering, I'd have to look at a map. What are the odds of... All right, so let me go back to the map. Mm-hmm. Of Gawain running into his mom before he runs into Rand? There's that, or what if this party of Aes Sedai runs into the other party of Aes Sedai? One's going to Camelin, <coughs> and the other's going to Carian. <laughs> but where are they... I got to draw lines to see if there's a chance they intersect. Because that would really be the best fight. If, is if, so, so who are you looking for? If, all right. So right now we're leaving Tarvalon. Right. And heading to Karian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have the other Aes Sedai and Salad, Saladara? Salad? Saladar, which is, if you look at between uh, Amadicia and Altara, um, there's Saladars right there in between them. So it's south to the west but not all the way west it's like and they're going to Camelin. so i guess they wouldn't really they wouldn't cross paths yeah and the tarvalon to kyron's a lot shorter it's a right. lot longer road okay well then never mind because that would have been cool if those two parties cross paths because then you would have gawain and his younglings against mm-hmm. gareth Bryn and his army and then they'd all have their different but eyes to die at their back sort of shit gawain and gareth Bryn who know each other yeah, well, all the Aes Sedai would know each other. Too, but then, but, like, yeah. Gareth would be like, your sister's still alive. Sure. So that was starting to dispel some things. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't feel like it's in Jordan's writing style for these grudges to be held for too long. Okay. So you think you think Gawain's going to find out soon? Gawain's going to find something out. And the, the something okay. is the question. And I, I that's where I don't know. Like, part of me... We know that 
the Tarvalon Aes Sedai are making their move. We know mm-hmm. the Saladar Aes Sedai are making their move. We also know that like White Cloaks are making their moves. Everybody's mm-hmm. kind of pivoting. Sure. And so part of me feels like there's going to be... And then, of course, we have the Chosen making their move. I, I think something's going to happen to disrupt all of this. Like, he's setting us up for these plots, but then something big is about to happen, and it's going to throw everything off. Mm-hmm. Well, something kind of big changes in the next scene when a peddler shows up. And that's kind of big for Gawain, at least. Yes. Um, you know, because this, this peddler shows up, and, and it's a normal interchange at first. Um, you know, say, hey, you know, I'm going to trade. And so, so we're about to approach Aiel. He's oh, I heard they have lots of gold. That would be great uh, from Kyrian. So I'd love to trade. They don't hurt peddlers at all. And, and then Gawain asks, like, do you have any news going on? It's like, oh, yeah, I guess. I mean, Rand took Kyrian. He also took Andor. You know, killed Morghese. And before, you know, before he even finish the sentence, Rand grabs the guy by his, like, collar, throat. And he's like, what'd you just say? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, Tries to keep it together, but is clearly, yeah, knocked oh, yeah. off balance with this. Oh, sure. Understandably so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just heard news that his mother's dead. And that Rand killed her. Yeah. That, 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 that would be... Devastating news. Um, yeah, and then possible rumor of Elaine also being dead, but you know, guy can't confirm too. that at all. You know, right? Yeah. So yeah, and, and you know, Gawain's really upset. I mean, realizes he doesn't need to take the anger out on the peddler. Eventually, lets him go. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it, he's definitely uh, shook. Yeah, and he has that moment where he thinks a little bit later, where he thinks about his, you know, the oath that he took that he would be the first to die, first to bleed, whatever, like his right. sole purpose in life his, is the protection of his sister. His blood spilt first or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So Chris, I like the optimism that he finds a way to figure out more of the truth sooner rather than later, but <laughs> yeah. Like Gawain doesn't really understand fake news yet. That's uh, in the chat. <laughs> in the chat. The I can see this being a like a seed being planted that's going to drastically change the character of Gawain. Uh, maybe send him on a rampage, or maybe just slowly over time and a long period of time uh, make him an enemy of Rand for like his own personal reasons. To the point where, like, if it if it's prolonged for long enough, even if he finds out the truth that Merges is alive and his sister's alive that hate has built up so strongly in him towards Rand and that momentum in his character and his being like is so, so far gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he probably like, I, I just see this continuing that this has the chance of being one of those small fuck ups early on here that can lead to huge drastic outcomes. I mean, he might he- become a dark friend. He even states that if he sees Rand, he says, see how well the Dragon Reborn can do with a sword through his heart. Um, right. But but good question, Chris. If if his sole purpose now is, all right, it's not about, you know, he stayed at the tower for his sister. He stayed at the tower for Egwene. He thought he was doing the right thing and protecting the tower because of his mom's relationship and blah, blah, blah. But now, now his sole purpose is revenge. Mm-hmm. Um. What is he willing to do to get that revenge? If he puts that revenge above anything else, could he become a dark friend? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Can he get recruited by whomever might give him the better chance and more power and whatever? <clears throat> Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so this mm -hmm. could send him on a pretty wicked spiral. Yeah. Unless he <laughs> makes it to Rand around the same time the White Cloaks do. Right. And There's still hope if he could find out some. Yeah, if he could find some info rather soon to negate some of this news. But the longer it festers, considering yeah. that oath he gave as a very young child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's going to be rough. Could be. So yeah, I mean, it's a short point of view, but it has a very large implications for the future. If, like Ian said, it festers. Yeah, and it doesn't have re resolution quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and if if they're pairing up with the Shido, like no matter how yeah they meet up with Rand, or if they do, do you think this is going to be a happy meeting? There's not going to mm -hmm. be a quick opportunity for. Godwin and Rand to have a little chit chat. Yeah. You know, exactly. They're, they're going to find them. They're finding themselves fighting right off the bat. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, after this, we switch to Katarine's point of view. Uh, anything from Godwin before we switch over to Katarine? No. Yeah. So Katarine's with, uh, you know, kind of leading the Aes Sedai here, and they agree to meet the Aiel, and they have this little interchange with uh, Savannah. Uh, who is now, I guess, the de facto leader of the Shadow, um, and um, and um, comes in with all these demands and everything like that. And Katarina is kind of like, I think it's like, who, who the hell does she think she is? Like, like that's not how it works. Like, either you serve the White One, or you are, you know, are you are forced to serve the White Tower. There's no like, you either willingly do it or you're forced to do it. There's no negotiating with the White Tower. It's you do what we say. <laughs> um, you know, which is pump just up this, the pompous. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, they 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 do agree somewhat uh, of of a I guess a loose alliance. But but Savannah also wants to see Rand's face and make sure he knows it's them. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, when when they do meet up. So I think the you know, of course, the Shadow have a completely different motive than these I said I do somewhat. Um, you know, they're they're on a charge from Elida. Uh, to bring Rand back, I guess, somewhat safely, or, or just back <laughs> in general, um, you know, alive. Whereas uh, I don't know necessarily if the Shadow had the same idea, but... No. And the arrogance and stupidity and ignorance of the Aes Sedai still to think that their influence is so great. They, they think people think very highly of them when they really don't. They're they're looking mm -hmm. at the Shido as like a useful tool. The same way mm -hmm. they're looking at Gawain and the younglings is well, these are pawns that we can move around to help our scheme. Mm -hmm. The right. the Shido don't think of themselves that way. Right. No. They're trying to partner on this. They mm -hmm. don't see themselves as less than or I'm gonna do your bidding. So mm -hmm. it's gonna be a rude awakening for these Aes Sedai at some point. Right. I agree. And then we go into Katarina's true colors. Um, <laughs> I see your true colors shining through. I thought and, black and was the absence of color. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> or is white the absence of color? No, white is all the colors combined. Black is the absence. Yeah, black is the absence. Yeah, so uh, 
Yeah. No, no colors. <laughs> just, no just colors. black. Uh, yes, Ken has been black for twelve years, um, and so is Galena. So, like, two of the six are black Aja. <laughs> like, um, this, coincidence. This is going to turn not. out. Gr- this is going to turn out great, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you know, it, 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 what what do you guys think about you know black Aja within this party? I mean, it's only six Aes Sedai that were chosen. You know, like, like one third of them are, are at least as far as we know, at least one third. Of yeah, them are to say, we don't know how many really are. I think yeah. it's just indicative of the state of the eyes to die. And it goes all the way to Swan and her being there, but not being there. You know, if you're the leader, you need to be fully committed to your people. I mean, this goes back before her, too. Let's just be real. Probably goes back to two or three Amelin who... Mm-hmm probably had the idea that they needed to be focused more on finding the dragon reborn and Mm -hmm. taking the control rather than managing their team or i should say leading they managed very well i tell you to do this i expect you to do it i tell you to do that i expect you to do it they didn't really lead their people so you know that poison kind of crept in and then spread yeah and i still blame the oath rod too it's done more harm than good for them. Yeah, because there's this false sense of security. Yep. When you have this ever-present idea that people can't lie to you and that they have taken a, a you know, unbreakable oath. But then... now they're just master manipulators. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. I bet the oath rod was probably introduced by like the original Black Aja. Like the original Aes Sedai dark friend that was like, well, we're going to slide this in here just to fuck up all their plans. And that'll, and <laughs> that that'll make it serious. easy. That'll make it easy for us to operate. It'll also give us cover because they're going to assume we're telling the truth and that we can't kill them. Meanwhile, we got some secret way of being able to get around that. Right. Yep. Shady. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, like, we we don't know for certain that the all the Aes Sedai gathered in Saladara... Mm-hmm. We don't we don't know that there's not black Aja there. We don't. In, in fact, statistically, I mean, you look at how we're finding them sprinkled around everywhere. I would mm-hmm. say there are black Aja there in Saladar, and they just don't know it. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, anything from this before we switch over to Savannah's point of view? Anything more on the black Aja? No, they're just there. They're gonna mess some stuff up, but you know. I don't know how to say this, but I don't really think there's much relevance to those two. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't see this group getting that close to Rand, to be honest okay. with you. Yeah, I don't I don't get that feeling either. Okay. Fair I enough. feel like they have a better chance of somehow coming into contact with the other group of Aes Sedai or running into white cloaks and then or even a group of Aiel that are out to hunt down the rest of the Shido. Yeah. Like there's so many barriers they would have to get through. There's not going to be a simple, you know, procession to Rand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Nothing, I nothing love all the shirts that are popping up in the chat. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, so there is the thing about the order of uh, not killing them. She's like, why? She asked orders to preserve the dragon reborn made no sense, even if they live, delivered him into Elida's hands. Um, mm. And these are orders coming. From Elida. the from Elida herself? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That'd be part of my questions. 
right. You're not talking about the Black Aja order. I mean, they didn't get into that really. They just you're talking about the orders just to get ran, right? That that came from Elida. Is that what you're talking about? Okay. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Hold so I off. guess I misread that. I thought maybe that was an order that came down within the Black Sisters. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For now, Galena, the procession- Katarine, Katarine had known only three to recognize. Orders were left on her pillow or in a pocket of her cloak. The ink ready to vanish. She had a secret place to leave messages and dire orders not to she never disobeyed. There might be black sisters along, those following the day behind, but she had no way of knowing why she asked. Orders to preserve the dragon reborn. I guess the way she, when she talks about the orders to preserve the dragon reborn, it's right after she was talking about the secret messages she was receiving as a black Aja. Sure. So I assumed she got it through that. Okay. And then again, I'm jumping all over the place, but then it goes to the conversation from Demon Dread, I guess later on. Mm-hmm. about how the order is to let the Lord of Chaos reign. So I kind of, in my mind, connected those dots as that was part of the order. And mm-hmm. that Rand is, at least from the great Lord of the Dark or whatever we're calling him these days, like he considers Rand the Lord of Chaos. Okay. Interesting. Sorry. Yeah. I'm rambling. So Savannah. <laughs> so. Yeah. We switched to Savannah, um, uh, uh, Thervera, Thereva, 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 um, uh, is upset about the way that Aes Sedai treated them. But Savannah is content because they did agree to an alliance. Um, you know, uh, they, they're kind of going back and forth, critiquing the plan. Uh, Savannah does feel threatened about her authority. It's kind of this, this little, you can see some cracks in the shadow itself. So, you know, um, and their idea is, you know, they want a knife between Rand's ribs. Um, at least some of them do. And, you know, maybe it's easier dealing with the Aes Sedai, so forth and so on. I love her attitude. A, di- a new day has come. We no longer are bound to the threefold land. Any eye can see that was has ch- what was has changed. We must change or be ended as if we never were. Then she said, new day or old day. What are we to do with Randall Thor if we do not manage to take him from the eyes to die? Better and easier if we slipped a knife between his ribs while they were escorting him to the north. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not that they want to get rid of him. It's that they want to take him. Right. And she also has the idea that they'll never send another man to Roydian. Mm-hmm. Like, she, you know. Yeah, that's part of this change. Like, yeah, I'm chief now. I'm chief. Right. I'm taking over. You know, she wants to have the so-called Karakaran, the chief of chiefs, chained before her tent like a vicious dog. Mm. And then the land would belong to the Shido. So she's all about, you know, taking over this new land. And I guess in her mind, if she can capture Rand, then she will be able to get the rest of the the the, um, Aiel to follow her. Right. Good luck with that. And she does have this this strange cube because uh, that, yeah. that she got from uh, the land. A random man. So that mm-hmm. was probably part of Demadred's mm. visit with the Dark One. Maybe he was given a new toy to play with. Yeah. Here's a good one. Tell us your thoughts about Savannah. Hmm. Savannah, Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, Georgia. Well, this time of year it's getting quite moist. 
<laughs> humidity, I declare. No, it's not Memorial Day yet, but I will wear my seersucker. <laughs> it breathes nicely. Yeah. So- I like her. I mean, she's ambitious. Okay. She's not going to be successful. She's going <laughs> to get in the way, but at least she's ambitious. Okay. Ian, your thoughts? I wouldn't mind if they were like walking down a path and a giant boulder just accidentally landed on her and we didn't have to read about her anymore. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> but what do you think's in the cube? What's in the cube? What's in the cube? Pandora's box. Um, Pandora's box. Hmm. Could be something that would allow them to c- control Rand. Okay. Or defend themselves against Rand. I, w- I would think some sort of weapon or some some form of defense when it comes okay. to Rand. Gotcha. I don't know. Cool. Yeah. But okay, so it says that she'd need the aid of a wise one who could channel. Mm-hmm. or Tarangriel? Oh, it's gotta be some type of Tarangriel. Which is the one where you have to channel to use it. Is it Tarangriel? Well, Tarangriel don't necessarily have to channel to use it. So Angriels and Sawangriels enhance the power. Tarangriels do things. Um sometimes they need channeling, sometimes they don't. Like the the world of dream, okay. the the ring, you don't necessarily have to channel for that one to gotcha. be used if anyone can use it uh i think but uh most of them you have to channel some kind of didn't way we see a them. stone already that could transport things and people to places portal stones well portal maybe stones, this yeah. is a smaller version of a portal stone huh mm. interesting and maybe once this is activated it would take ran to i don't know somewhere he doesn't want to be or somewhere that he'll have to end up going eventually, but doesn't want to go right now. I Maybe think this is, him. I think Chet has the best theory. So, uh, do you think the box has little colored squares on it? Is it a Rubik's? Yeah, cube? you you peel, the stickers, <laughs> you peel all the stickers off, then rearrange it so they're all on the same side. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's sweet victory. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I mean, it has writing on it and everything. It just kind of reminds me of. The portal stones. Okay. So maybe it's a portable portal stone that would take Rand somewhere where he's in the midst of 13 dark ones, or yeah. we just, we don't know. Or maybe it's uh, one of these things that have like different element powers on it. And then you have the fifth element and you mm-hmm. have to insert all the <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> crossover, man. You can have a crossover, right? <laughs> Multipass. Um, so, uh, do, do, do we have anything else from this before we move on? Uh, could be, next? could be the old dick in a box. Oh, it could be. And the, dick in a, box. a very small one. <laughs> the, the guy that met him on the mountain was like, Hey, check out what's in this box. box. <laughs> now nah, just open the lid. Yeah, re- reach down in there. It's at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Adam. Uh, you guys ready? Yep. Get him more gays. Yeah, so we got him more gays. Uh obviously still alive. Um, we already do this. But Morgays is um on her way down south. Um, and she's kind of in this little tiff with Talonvor. Uh say little tiff. They're in a big tiff. Um it's Talonvor wanted them to go to Gilladin, not Gilladin. Uh, and uh they went to, towards uh I guess was it uh um um uh, um, um Amador instead. Mm-hmm. 
uh, where the white cloaks are and, and Talonfor thinks it's a bad idea. Um, thinks it should go the other way. And yeah, that's kind of where we are. And they're, and he's thinking less and less of her as a queen and more as a peer. And she's not really having that either. It's this really, really interesting dynamic going on. Yeah. So I'm skipping a bunch to get to it, but when she finally like gives him a command, like get on your knees and he just doesn't. And she's like, am I not your queen? And he's like, I mean, are you? I mean, yeah. like queen, queen, I mean, so queen of here. what? Where's your she's, queendom? <laughs> but she's in Amadisia, right? And she's kissing up to somebody he feels like is less than her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you want me to treat you like a queen? You need to be a queen. Exactly. Right. Like here right. she is. I mean, she's doing the diplomatic thing. She needs mm-hmm. the power that this, you know, anointed by the light king and defender of Amadisia has. And she knows that rumors have been flying and that he's probably the reason why they were flying. She realizes that he doesn't give her the respect that she deserves. She realizes realizes that he's leading her on. But day by day by day, she's making a little bit of progress. And she's she's down there trying to recruit people to support her to come back and retake her throne. Uh, where Talonvor just just views it as she abandoned everything. I mean, he even quotes saying, "I will not abandon you, you at this side of death, Morgays, but you've abandoned much. You've abandoned Andor to Gabriel. Um, you know, and, and Morgays doesn't think that any house in Andor would support her coming back against Gabriel. Of course, not knowing that Gabriel's dead, unless she had some other nations behind her. So, you know, she's trying to, like you said, the diplomatic approach. Where Talonvor is like, "How could you do this?" Um, you need to go back and take your throne. Yeah. But yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, the longer you leave that, that vacuum there, I mean, Rand can't stay there. So when he leaves, somebody has to be put in charge. The longer you leave them there, the the more of a grip, more of a hold they'll have because they're going to have the backing of the dragon reborn, which not many people are going to want to cross, especially after what they just witnessed in Camelin. So you would think speed would be of the essence <laughs> we got bots in our chat. Yes, all that. All right. <laughs> got bots in the chat. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, though, Talonvor has a point. She could have gone elsewhere. She could have not begged so much. She could have, could have, could have, could have. He's really stuck on what he feels like they should have done versus what was done. And we're not actually making, you know, the best of the situation. Here we are in a place where she could get support and he could be going out to do more for that, or at least they're supporting her morally because this has got to be the worst position she's ever been in because she's begging. I'm sure Tom's had her in worse positions. Well, (laughs) giggity. Uh, yeah, and then and then of course Lenny's being Lenny uh, the entire time, which is just getting under Morgase's skin as well. Like, and I know still treating her like a little me, girl. And... Raising my daughter. Yeah, yeah. And, and and of course there's this other girl that's um, I guess uh, Languin's uh, better half or or some something, uh, Brianna, who we've we met in book two, uh, and we talked about a lot, I think in Shadow Rising. I remember last book, um, uh, but she's w- traveling with him as well. 
And, you know, she's from Kyrian, so doesn't really look at Morgase as, as anything. a queen. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, she's, she's her own escort company. You know, Talonvor is not really standing with her. Lenny's looking at her as a child. Brianna could care less. Uh, you know, it's, it's not really, she's not in a, a room full of like what she's used to as a queen, where everyone just bows down to <laughs> How her. How about the, like, the, little similarities between this and Elaine traveling around the world with her posse <laughs> and like even Nynaeve getting sick of like look I get it you're the daughter heir of blah 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 but Jesus we're not there right now like <laughs> snap out of it welcome to the real world okay well uh, I think it really shook more gaze and it's a small thing but it was big for her she's like hey I want a drink so the woman pours her a drink then Lenny grabs a drink okay well it's Lenny and this woman pours herself a drink. It's like, all right, we are all even. We all going to drink today. Like, yeah. we, are, we are all going to share in this moment where we are all here sitting here trying to figure it out. Lenny right. is the best, though. I mean, she's trying to, first off, get Morgase to get her groove back. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. Like, Talking about talent for her, and Morgase snaps at her. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you were digmatized for long enough. Let's go, <laughs> Let's go ahead and break. or Let's go ahead and break that spell. <laughs> like you said, I did. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, that's a thing. <laughs> she kind of was when you think about it. <laughs> well, I was in a relationship uh, for nine years, and then we just ended. It. I was like, all right, cool. So you were there for nine years. Uh, so yeah, um, <laughs> we're gay's not having any of it though. Um, so anything about all this before uh, we get our, our Lord Captain Commander to come in? I think Margaze is being humbled a little bit. Yeah, definitely, she, 100%. When she does take her throne back, she's definitely going to come at it from another angle. And I can see her... Do you think she's going to get a throne back? Yeah, definitely. Hostel got her groove back. All right. Oh, she's getting it back. <laughs> I don't doubt that in the slightest. How long she holds it is another question. But I feel like Rand will hold true to giving it to her. And I feel like there's the kicker. She can't get it at this point. She cannot get it without Rand's blessing. Mm-hmm. Yep. But how the fuck is it. that going to happen? Yeah. But how, how are they going to get together? She's going to go on the run again. Yeah. Yeah. Like she ends up on the run. She runs into one of her two sons. They go to Rand mm-hmm. who has a Gwen with him. Elaine. This is Elaine. I know. I'm sorry. It's the dark it's, and it's, stormy. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of E names. Yeah. It's the dark and stormy. Or, or at least men who knows that Elaine is still alive. Mm-hmm. So like there's ways that all of these holes can be filled in and all these. But see, then, this here's my other fixed, thought. But... We're on book six to 14. And <laughs> Chanel has said to me, it is going down too many times. I think we're coming up with all these great ideas. And then we mm-hmm. hit the next chapter, and it's like we're gonna get blown out of the water completely. <laughs> but the, but yeah. so I I keep Game that in mind thrones. with how many books are left. I would love to see everything get tied up nicely, but and maybe it does in the end. But we're nowhere near the end. There's gonna be no. chaos in between. <laughs> what is the name of the book? Lord of Chaos. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that means everything that could go wrong is gonna go wrong in this book. That. Rand is going to go berserker down his own path and the world around him is just everybody that should be somewhere is going to be in the exact opposite place they should be. And just 
all this misinformation and people acting off of like fiction, not facts and chaos, chaos, Lord of chaos. That's what, Lord that's what I feel is going to happen here. Yeah. So, yeah. So then we have Pedro Niall come in. Um, the leader of the this, white, the leader himself of the white cloaks. And that's what I'm guy. saying. Like, so we got two, I'm going to skip way ahead because I, I got to do it. We have our queen or gays with two options. Follow along with the white cloaks. Doesn't have to be indefinitely. She could just start down this path mm-hmm. or go back on the run. Yeah. Because we know that's offered to her. If right. she ends up with the white cloaks, I feel like she's going to run into Galad. But how does that help us? Because then Galad can confirm that Elaine's still alive. But how does that get to Gawain? It's not about Gawain. It's about her relationship with Rand, Rand. the queen's relationship with Rand. Because well, she's under yeah. the impression that Rand's there to like take her throne and you know has taken her throne. But then we're going to see that Rand has Elaine. So then like pieces are going to kind of fall together there. And then again, I still feel like there's a deeper connection with Rand and this family. I know I, I made that um, assumption earlier on. Like there's going to be some story, like we don't know the connection that his mother has. Maybe she served, maybe she was, you know, uh, an Aes Sedai for the court or something. I don't know. There's going to be a connection. There's got to be something deeper with mm-hmm. Rand besides just him and Elaine. But that's enough in and of itself yeah, to kind of pull that group together. And then it's going to kind of put the White Cloaks at odds because, you know, mm-hmm. Galad has his group and they're going to follow him. They're not going to go against his mother. I think this I, is I, part I, of the chaos. I, I've yet to put yeah. in my head any good reason to align with the White Cloaks. Out of everybody in this book so far, they have still just remained uh, an he enemy. Does, he does pledge 5,000 soldiers for her if she asks for it. She can have 5,000 White Cloaks at her back. <laughs> that's like That's like the Pope saying, yeah, you could be king, but I place the crown on your head. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. That's happened plenty of times throughout history. I know, that's, that's <laughs> Until eventually, yeah. somebody snatched the crown and put it on his own head, and that's what she needs to do. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and, and Morgan's just kind of stuck because she doesn't know whether or not she wants to accept this or not. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I mean, when he first came in, she thought he was there to arrest her, of course. But uh, you know, that's that's quickly taken off the table and uh you know Margaret is still kind of toying do, do i want to and he informs her it's like hey gabriel's dead Rand killed her he holds her caitlin why isn't um, she seeking out Aes Sedai? well because she she, the white she, she, she she talks about that she talks about that she says she wished she you know now thinking back in hindsight that she hadn't been because of elaine she had this because they took elaine away from the white tower and she was pissed at the white tower and Send a delegation there. That was why Elida went there originally. Was because yeah, there was she a whole split. Yeah. yeah, she kicked Elida out, saying she wants nothing to do with Vice Sedai anymore. So she kind of burned a bridge. Yeah, but I feel like that's an easier bridge to mend than aligning with the White Cloaks, and yeah. and you'd have better access to information with the well, 
whether you could trust her or not, this is a different story, but access to information like I said, I have a way of getting messages and information from all around the known world. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what but she's going to do. I don't necessarily agree with anything she's done so far. I don't know what she's thinking. She didn't yeah. realize beforehand that the white cloaks were in charge here. Mm-hmm. She went to a king for aid mm-hmm. and ended up yeah. with the white cloaks for an answer. Yeah, true. Yeah. And then, of yeah. course, as we move a little bit forward, we got a servant boy who's like, yeah. Before before we get there, I mean, what do you think about Pedro Nile's comment about Rand being a false dragon and just being a puppet of the White Tower? And sure that the Aes Sedai are just channeling for Rand to make him look like he's actually doing channeling and stuff like that, that he's actually just a puppet. Well, we also know that Padden Fane has not come back into play, but he's also like controlling the minds of the White Cloaks. He's been yeah, involved, he's, yeah. He's influencing. Um, that's probably part of it. So the question is, is this guy extremely naive or does he know who Rand is and he's trying to do some sort of misinformation campaign here? I can't believe that he's that naive. Mm-hmm. No, the misinformation would make sense because he needs to downplay Rand's power to upplay his own. Yeah, that, that'd that be my guess, yeah. some variation of that. And yeah. even though Rand's got the Aiel, he's probably got the larger army. He just needs the people to back him. Yeah. Yep. And so after this, Niall, Niall leaves um, and Talavor, Basil Gill, and Languin all guard in saying, like, listen, they came 30 men. We would have warned you, but they came fast on us and uh, we were afraid for your life. And Morgay snaps and I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, this is how you're going to protect me then. I don't need you. I don't need you. Yeah. And they, yeah, pretty much Talavor. Yeah, leaves he right after that. Out, has he a storms hissy out, fit. has a hissy fit, and then the girls get in a fight about teasing each other about stuff, and Morgase throws a cup of punch and screams at all of them to get out. And and even yeah, Lily's up. like, I just want you to know, he got knocked out for you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. The, up until this point, this whole section was just kind of. A little meh and a little bit annoying to me because I'm like, what what are you doing? What is this bullshit? It is. But then, but then, shortly after, a young, lively servant comes in with a crooked nose. With a crooked (laughs) nose. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's C team. It's uh, our right? Dark friend ever. (laughs) Not even Peter's back. Fucking bought the T-shirt. It's Pater from he was Market Sheeran. <laughs> oh my gosh! Go now, on, now, how great would it be if? So we already know that some of the chosen are able to disguise how they look and everything, right? We've seen it with uh, some of the female chosen. What if Pater is fucking Domadred, or like some supreme, <laughs> like the most badass, like? Turns out to be Nablus, and he's just slow playing himself into a role. I didn't even think about that. Team Pater. (laughs) Yeah. When I tell you I breezed past this, let me tell you how quickly I breezed past this. I didn't pay attention to the fact that it was the Pater until you guys made a comment, and I went back. I was like, huh, it is Pater. I certainly did not miss that. Yeah. It's yeah. Peter. It wasn't a big shock at all moment, but I did laugh. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And he's still playing the whole uh uh my um uncle. so my my uncle like had an idea which kind of isn't gonna work now, 
but we'll come up we'll come up with another one if you just like can we can we be friends and yeah, do something yeah. together i i don't know what i'm doing like yeah, either he's like, re- truly the worst dark friend ever or he's the best there's no gray area in between yeah jake is calling you on your uh eh, there you go you put that in the chat jake but i'm telling you like we peter stables about peter from the get-go <laughs> But, but I remember uh, Alan. Alan did ask, "Is he going to come back?" And I think I was like, "Nah, this is just kind nah, of a." Minor we both said thing. no. We were like, yeah. "This is like a one-off." Like, how do you work this loser back into the story? <laughs> uh, everyone comes back. It's uh, it's it's the wheel of time. It's 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 amazing how many like, like small characters. That's the other like thought. Like, does he convince her? Does he get her to? go and end up in the hands of dark friends i mean he's he's not that great of a convincer i mean he's like he was saying he's super nervous and and Morgay's asking the you know about andor he's like i gotta go back to uncle it's like i'm your queen right like your uncle can wait yeah Yeah. and if and if he like believes in me as the queen and all that jazz he's gonna be okay with you talking to me you don't need his permission yeah yeah so either yeah, either might she... be on to something though. On a serious note, I think he might really be on to something. Yeah. Right. I, I think he's way more than he's letting on. He's just very casually not he's holding all of his cards to his chest. He's being as innocent and stupid as possible so people don't suspect anything with him. Mm-hmm. I th- I think I think he's the one. Yeah. So you have yeah. two choices. Go with the dark friends and escape, or go with the children and get an army. And be in or, or third choice, she decides to go with the white cloaks, but feels bad for him and brings him into her posse, and mm-hmm. he travels with her. I think they yeah. end up traveling together no matter what after this. I just don't okay. know yeah. how and in which direction. Okay. Sounds good. Anything from this before we switch over to Pedro Niles' point of view? Mm-mm. Okay. So I just now, want to say officially, hold on, sorry. Officially, Pater has not redeemed himself. He is still the worst dark friend ever. Okay. <laughs> just, just for the record. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we get to uh, Niall arriving back at the Forces of Light. Uh, you know, um, you know what he told Morghese was his own interpretation of events and what he believes. And, and Bauer, um, you know, lets him know that there are papers there waiting signature. And so is Jacob Carradine. Who better known? We we've we've already known this character. Uh, he's the man who calls himself Boris. We found that out a few books ago. Um, I think at the end of the second book, or maybe it was the beginning of the third book. But yeah, Keridan is there waiting for him. A questioner. Yeah. Just refreshing you guys' memories on who Keridan is. Uh, he was the questioner on on the plane who was killing lots and lots of innocent people. Uh, also, was a dark friend who had the dark friend white cloaks. And all that good stuff. So, yeah. Oh my gosh! I, you know, I'm just realizing <clears throat> the threads. I, I, <laughs> well, yeah. So all of that way over my head. I listened to this probably three times through, but as long as it is, you know how many times you get distracted listening. Mm-hmm. And I read through once, but this this kind of whole interaction here, I think every time I got so excited about Pater being back, 
mm-hmm. that my brain didn't actually let me focus on this. Yeah. So as you as you just explained all that, I'm like, God, I don't remember any of that. Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> I totally missed all of that. <laughs> uh yeah. Well, he's there. Uh, and you know, he's he's asking, you know, they're just basically uh, going tit for tat back and forth about stuff, uh, mostly about Aes Sedai and Saladar. Um, you know, wants to know whether he wants to take care of them. Uh Pater Pater or not Pater, Patron Nile um says, Nope, uh, let's leave the, the Aes Sedai there and kind of confused. It goes back and forth and they're confused yeah. about his motives. And and you see some of the cracks there about um you know, uh, Carradine questioning now Niall's decision to let Aes Sedai just exist. Like, what, what's your why? Why are you doing this? Niall thought he could bind the nations together under the leadership to dep- dispose land, Rand. Um, you know, and and that one of the things that they keep bringing up is, you know, why would why would the Aes Sedai do this? And you know, the dangers of false dragon. He says, well, you know, a rabid lion is what he calls Rand. Yeah, no, I do, I do remember. I do remember the back and forth about telling him not to go to Saladar, mm-hmm. uh, and then he references like a previous dragon, thousand years before, or more than a thousand years before, and had already conquered more than than Rand has yet. Yeah. Oh, and Niall did not consider himself another Archer Hawkwing, but he was right. what the world had. So he's yeah. trying to put himself. He's trying to put himself in a position to prevent what the last false dragon did, at least grow any bigger than that. So his focus is less on the Aes Sedai and probably because he thinks, well, maybe he thinks it might be one of those, the enemy of the enemy is my friend at this time. Mm-hmm. Like the Aes Sedai actually might be some kind of help in keeping Rand in check. And right. at this point, the Aes Sedai are the only ones who can gentle and mm-hmm. take away his power, so they have to be part of his scheme if he wants to stop Rand. Right. Well, then the other he makes a statement about allowing the tower to destroy itself because if they partner with Rand, who he is claiming as a false dragon, the same way Logan was a false dragon, then you have the tower now helping a false dragon. So the people are no longer going to put their faith in the Aes Sedai. So then he can justly start a war with the tower. But if he starts the war earlier, it's just the white tower versus Aes Sedai, as opposed to the, um, sorry, not white tower, again, white white cloaks, white cloaks versus Aes Sedai, when what he really wants it to be is the white cloaks protecting the world against the false dragon. Yeah. Again, I'm going under the assumption that he does believe that Rand can channel. And so that's why I'm hanging on to at some point that this is a smart guy. He knows he has to have some sort of alliance with at least a certain number of Aes Sedai. They're also aware that the tower is split. Mm -hmm. They're aware of the Aes Sedai there in Saladar. So really, at this point, it makes more but sense to not touch the Aes Sedai, let one of the two sides align with them, though. and then the other Aes Sedai are automatically going to fight against them. Yeah, but there's another dynamic at play, too, that we're not paying close attention to that we really should be. That's yeah. the Chosen. Mm-hmm. They're each manipulating their own group of people. Yeah. And because they want to rule the world. 
So you have, you know, one chosen manipulating the white cloaks. You got one chosen manipulating the white tower. You mm-hmm. may potentially have chosen that are in Saladar. We don't know. I doubt it. You got Samuel, you got one more. Samuel and Ilion. You got one more in Caneland, yeah. whoever killed Asmodian at the very end there. Oh, yeah. So with they're all plotting against each other. So they're pulling the strings from the background. But is Pedro Nile aware of this? No. I don't think he's aware aware of the Forsaken and the Chosen and all that stuff going on. Yeah, he doesn't but, he thinks he thinks everything's all just made up. He thinks everything's just peachy and roses and uh and that this is all just but he's being directed by people like Pat and Fane. Sure. He's right. Being so directed by the this, influences there. Yeah, this inquisitor. You know, he's being impacted by the idea that there are madmen out there out to get him. Like he's just got this paranoia. And but he's he not, won't. I think smartly, he's not in a rush to, I mean, the white cloaks have plenty of enemies, but he's not in a rush to make more enemies or, or situations worse. Well, no, and that's he, where he's, he's looking sh- to make, he, he's, he's looking to make a power play with more gays and link up with her. And he mm-hmm. sees and, value in that. So, and that's why, and again, how do we not know what he knows about the people in Saladar? Think about it. He needs the the Aes Sedai, the White Tower, to latch themselves on to Rand. And you're right. Maybe he does plan on teaming up with the other group of Aes Sedai who have who in their midst? Elaine. Hmm. With connections to Galad and Yeah. And so you've got a lot of connections there. He can get the people on his side against the one group of the Aes Sedai while kind of controlling the other group of Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chaos. It Chaos. is. Yeah. Speaking of the Chosen, are you guys ready to switch to the Chosen meetup? Meet up? Yeah. yeah. A little, have a little barbecue. Yeah. So we get, we get to E-Y-O-B. meet, we get to meet two more forsaken, uh, two more chosen. Uh, it's Messina's point of view, which is, uh, a, a forsaken that we haven't met yet. Um, and Simirog's there too, which we've heard of and have not, I don't think we've met Simirog. Um, but apparently she gets studied studiously, you know, studying Simirog studiously. Um, <laughs> But so Messina is there building ivory towers uh, with ivory dominoes. You know, she's still building a house of cards or house mm. of dominoes. And she's really proud of it. And then Simrog's over there just doing needlework. You know, this is a nice little wholesome scene. You know, these aren't bad people. Um, more and more female chosen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Forsaken uh, as they pop up. Yeah. And, and, is, Messina, like a, is, is it like everything else where there's a balance? There's an equal number of men and women? Well, it's 13 total, so it can't be equal. Well, how do we um, know there's only 13? That's what we're told so far. That's what we're told, yeah. I want to say it's uh, six or... So you have... Let's count the women. So you have Messina, Lanfear, uh, Magedian, Sarag. Grendel. Grendel, it's five. I think that's it for the females. Five females? Mm. Uh, Might be missing one. Underrepresented. Shame on you, Jordan. (laughs) No. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, but the you they got men. paid less too. So <laughs> fucked up. Don't worry, they'll gain one or two more. Yeah, there you go. So, um, uh, Messina's really uncomfortable about Rugby in there because although 
um, you know, she matches her in strength. Simrog is known just to be basically a sadist torturer. Um, I mean, that's 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 her kind of Simrog to delight in cruelty, a pure pleasure in giving anguish, but that surely was not the problem. Um, mess, whatever her name is, she could be cruel as well where necessary, and she did not care what Simrog did to others. There had to be a reason, but she could not find it. So it's like she's mm-hmm. just irritated by her existence in general. Yeah, true. Yeah. And, and they're, they're sitting there just waiting for Demon Dread to show up. Um, it's been 17 days since he said he was going to go to Shao Ghul. Um, and, you know, hopefully he's supposed to show up today to deliver a message. Uh, during that time, it says Messina had actually gone to Shao Ghul several times herself, but the Dark One did not answer her. Um, and as she's having all these thoughts, the gateway forms and disturbs her because she can't even feel it because it's a man channeling and Demon Dread disappears, comes in and says, hey, I'm back. And shortly after them, Grindel shows oh, up. Oh, yeah. Too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then Grindel shows up too. And they're like, is Samuel coming? He's like, nah, he ain't coming. <laughs> he doesn't trust you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we got we got a little group together, though, uh, to talk about their plans. Well, I'm going to share some plans with you from the great Lord and nobody tells Samuel oh. he's missing out. Cause he wasn't here. It's his he missed, fault. He missed the meeting. All right. Yeah. Can I, can I take him a to go plate? No, we finish all of the ribs here and now here and now. Um, and there's a lot of talk about Angriel here too. You know, they want to get their hands on some Angriel, but they, uh, you know, uh, Messina's apparently been in the white tower, but they've put lots of wards around the strongholds. Uh, Tyr has some, but those are also kind of guarded. They say get radiant for some, you know, so they know where they all are, um, but they, they can't quite get their hands on them. But they're like, does anybody know where you could find this magic box or what is it called? Stasis box. Stasis box. Is that what our IEL lady has? What's in the box? What's in the <laughs> box? <laughs> yeah. What do you think? What do you think is in the stasis box? Some super powerful thingamabobber. Why does anything have to be in there? Maybe it's just the void. Mm. Okay. It's uh, just sex, sex random. Yeah. Maybe it's a special soap to clean your taint. I mean, mm. a, sta- a stasis box, what, I mean, but what, yeah. would that be something it that, freezes, that freezes something? It, like, that's what I'm saying. It, it, would, it, it preserves something from them. the, whatchamacallit, way back when. Yeah, like Age Han Legends, Solo. It, it preserves something. Like Han Solo, yeah. Okay, cool. So frozen yeah, carbonate. Um, frozen carbonate, exactly. Um, so yeah, so Demon Dread does show up after all this, and they, you know, they all ask, well, you know, what's the message? What's the message? And are we supposed to kill Rand? Do we go kill Rand now? And, and Demon Dread quotes the Dark One's exact words, saying, "No, let the Lord of Chaos rule." Yeah, hmm. exact amando. So what do you think about that? Like the Dark One wanting Rand to live. Chaos, chaos. Um, is it Rand that he wants to live though? I mean, that's a response the man, to that question. Is the man living in Rand? Demon Dread, Demon Dread living in Rand? No, Theron. Loose Theron. Oh, Theron. Oh, yeah. The I Lord mean, of Chaos. Y- you learn about Demon Dread and his like his jealousy about Loose Theron too. Like he was born a day later. Everything was just one little thing short. He would have been like the greatest person in the entire world, and. Uh, it, it, he was always in the shadow of Luce Theron because Luce Theron was just that much better. Um, you know, I mean, you could t- talk about athletes and things like that, you know, throughout history that 
they just have to be born in a time when Michael Jordan exists. Are they born in a time where right. Michael Phelps exists? Um, all these Michaels. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, for, for a lot of demon dreads, demon dreads motives are around just jealousy of leaves. Yeah. So as far as letting the Lord of chaos reign, um, gosh, there could be a handful of things. Like I was thinking, um, I mean, how many times have uh, governments or, or leaders or rulers, you, you know, they were certainly strong enough to go in and squash an enemy or a group of enemies, um, but they chose rather to let them fight amongst themselves and weaken themselves. Like right now, we have a bit of a, di- a divide among the Aes Sedai, but it can certainly get worse. Mm-hmm. We have a split with the ID- with the Aiel, but... You know, there's more battles that could come and they can wear each other down. Um, yeah. You you risk, if you attack too strongly too soon, you know, everybody else rallying, like rallying against you because of that. Maybe there's still hope that Rand or Luce Theron can, you know, serve the, the Dark Lord versus being destroyed by him or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things can go into play. Yeah. yeah. What do, so what do you many think- questions. What do you think, Chris, about uh, Messina being a teacher? <laughs> was she a teacher though, or was she almost a teacher? It said she was trying to be a re- she tried to be a researcher, but they told her she had to be a teacher instead. Yeah, she could be a researcher, she could be a teacher. It would make it would just prove the point. That's exactly why she turned the way she did. She's like, you know mm-hmm. what? The world would be better off. The world would be better off. Yeah, I make Screw more money this over shit. Here. I'm gonna serve. I'm gonna serve <laughs> Satan. I make more money over here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or maybe maybe crossover. Messina's actually Dolores Umbridge, right? That's. Uh, yeah, I get, I get better health benefits mm-hmm. over here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, living forever is kind of nice. Yeah. Good point. Hmm. Anything else from this whole interaction that you guys want to discuss, or anything that? we missed before we get to the final point of view they're all super petty they are if they yeah. work together they could have taken the world over by now probably but that's i mean i think the dark i think it actually mentions this in previous books like the dark one actually wants them to vie for power it's like one of those things that they they were be smarter kill the common enemy then go to war with each other yeah but then you got the people like how landfair was thinking earlier and talking to her small group, like, all right, you know, you know, maybe we get lucky and a few more chosen ones get knocked off in this battle against Rand and we'll just stay strong together and then we will rule sort of thing. Because some of them want to have, so at least like Damadred, when he talks about it, it's like he'll rule the world. You know, of course, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be behind, you know, the great Lord. But other than that, he'll be ruling where you got the feeling from Lanfear that she, had a plan and her goal was to be in charge and no one else, including the great Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, if they were smarter people, sure. They could work a system out. I mean, they live forever. All right. You get it this 50 years. I get it the next 50 years. They're, they have more ambition than smarts when it That's... comes to this, this kind of strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else from this before we switch over to Osingar? Nah. So this is a 
gets a little interesting here. So <laughs> Osengar's point of view, they're they're back in we're back in Shallow Ghoul where we started this prologue. Uh, in a windless room, not far from Shagul. And uh, Osengar cannot stop touching his face, looking in the mirror, because to make sure it's still real, because it's he's younger than he was before, in a different body. Um, but it's still him. Um, you know, he was given the name Osengar before he had woke from his second sleep. And there's a woman with him, Erengar. Uh, both were names of dueling daggers that were popular before the opening of the boar. Um, so... Do you know who these people are? Well, remember, I messaged the two of you, and I'm like, did Lanthier and, uh, oh my goodness, his name Ravine or Asmodian? Asmodian just come back. Okay. That's true, because Ravine was totally blasted out of existence. Yeah. So it has to be Asmodian. Or one of the two that died in book one. Yeah, Agonor and Bathamol. So Ravine was killed at Balefire, and I think Bail, Bail, uh, in the Stone of Tear was killed by Balefire from Moraine. Yeah, so they were both they were both Balefired. Everyone else died natural deaths. Um, where are I say natural, not Balefire deaths. Right. So <laughs> they so they still have a chance to come back. Yes. Yeah, and the Great Lord forever. already said Balefire is the one thing he can't really save you from. He can't yeah. save you from. Yeah. But he can bring anybody else back from the dead. I mean, he's Lord of the Grave. He can bring people yeah. back from the dead. In a different body. They just basically put your soul into a different body. So here we go. So the question is, who are these people? Well, we get some hints about Erangar because it's a female body, but he still channels Sidene, not Sidene. It even says Lanfear seemed cautious by contrast. Yeah, so it's not Lanfear. It's it's a male forsaken in a female body. So One anyway. of them. One of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um and then, of course, our good friend Shadar Haran comes back. Uh, Shadar Haran, our tall, big, creepy Mergel. Um, you know, and, and immediately Erangar starts complaining about the body he was put in. Uh, you know, and, and the Mergel's like, uh, "It's the best we could find for you, dude. Just be happy with what you got." <laughs> <laughs> and he said, just like that, with a gravelly voice, "Dude, chill out." That's what we got, man. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Now you really have me confused. I have no idea who it is that came back. Yeah, and you got me hunting for clues. So I'm like speed reading here. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like they're clearly angry in both, people. Yeah. Osengar finds himself not able to channel. Uh and he thinks, you know, uh Aaron Gar probably Asmodian. You think it's Asmodian? I do think he's yeah. Because what if what if what if Land fears uh, somehow the shield she put on him still exists? Well, no, you know what? He can't channel because the Dark One isn't allowing him to. Yeah, yeah. Because that gets explained. Yeah, I really do think that one is Asmodian. I don't know who the other one is unless it's the Forsaken that was killed in Book One. Uh, Agonor or Balthamel. The one that was was not killed by Balefire. Well, neither the one, one of those were. were. Neither one of those were. I mean, uh, Agonor burnt himself out when fighting Rand, and Balthamel was killed by the Green Man. Well, yeah. not the one killed by the Green Man. I just want that to be a finalized. Like that death, <laughs> has, that death has to be a final death because the Green Man died doing it. So, I mean, these ideas are just popping in my head because I really don't know who these people are. Okay. Like, and 
I think it's a good thing that we don't. I love the way that Jordan keeps us guessing throughout the entire book. Always asking yeah. questions and never getting answers. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Agonor gets upset with Shadar Haran and launches himself at, to attack the Fade, even though he can't channel. And the Fade just grabs him by the throat, or her by the throat and lifts her off the ground. And you have not he- been severed, mm-hmm. but you will not channel until you are told you may. And you will never strike at me. I am Shadar Haran. Mm. Mm. Got him. The old holding somebody up by the neck move. That's classic. I mean, I well, tell you I what. mean, and we have a, a fade that can. I'm assuming the fade is the one that stopped them from using their power. Maybe. Uh, but again, it would be a specific direction in control from the Great Lord. I mean, that's specifically who he serves. Yeah. Or this is the this is the slightly bigger fade. Exactly. Well, this and actually, this is when Shadow Ron says that to them. I mean, they said, you know, you're a Mergel, you serve us, we're chosen, and and he replies back saying, I don't serve you, I serve the Dark One directly, and only the Dark One. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's you it. guys can you guys can fuck off. You can beat it. <laughs> I'm with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, um, and then when Agonar agrees to submit to the Dark One, uh, you know, they, that's when he finally sets her down. Um, you know, uh, and, and Ozengar thinks it's funny that that's the body that he got chosen for. For, for, for yeah, for got him. <laughs> yeah, actually, I had other options, but this is what I went with. Yeah, sucker. <laughs> and you get a little bit about, I guess, doesn't it say about one of them created? The Trollocs and stuff like that doesn't say something like that in this little ch- section. Uh, I thought that was before with Damadred talking about how he was okay. there when they were first creating created. them. Okay, I might get sections together. Yeah. yeah, which is interesting that they were a creation of the Forsaken, the Chosen, mm-hmm. or well, maybe maybe they were created before we had that differentiation. But not necessarily mm-hmm. a creation out of nothingness. Like it's not like the great lord said, "Let there be Trollocs," you know? Right. Yeah. They were a science experiment gone right, gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah. All right, depending on which way you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, and then you know the final thing is just Wrong says, you know, hey, dead or alive, you were dead, now you're alive for a second time. Will you serve the great lord again? And they both agree, not in their heads, and. That's when um, Shadow Haran says, then, okay, if you serve the Dark One, you can live. And if you succeed, you'll live forever and be raised above all others. And that's how we end the prologue. There's a lot that dun, happens dun, here. Dun. So anything else you want to talk about about all this? Or about any of these sections? Because there's lots of sections. So I feel like I'm doing our listeners a disservice because this last little section is fantastic. It has me intrigued. My mind is running in circles. I just don't have much to say about it because I don't know what to say. Good. Yeah, that's... We're at a true read and find out point. Yeah, big time on that. Big time. And these might not be found out next chapter. That's what I'm saying. That's what bothers me about some of these prologues. Sometimes that shit don't make sense for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It might not have anything to do with this fucking book. Chanel has apparently <laughs> gone back and read the prologue a couple times and has gone back to other stuff in other books. So, 
Yeah. It's about to get crazy then. It yeah. is. That means we're about to I don't get know how much she's just messing with me and how much <laughs> is true. Like Chanel is the Lord of Chaos in Chris's household. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <laughs> At least, and now I don't know her very well. Met her briefly, and we've heard you speak about her. She doesn't set, seem like the type that, like, in a moment of anger, she's going to take your most precious vulnerabilities and throw it in your face. So it's not like y'all can get an argument one day. And she's going to be like, yeah, well, Tom dies, da-da-da-da-da, right no, after. never do that. Yeah, yeah. So at least you don't have to worry about that. If nothing else, she loves the books enough. Even if she didn't love no. me enough, she loves <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Hey, that's good, too. There you go. So anything that we missed from all these sections or anything else that you guys want to talk about or this is such a long prologue. It took me as as we got towards the end, I started to like, all right, I'm anxious. Let's let's move on. Like I read this yeah. last week and I was ready for chapter one. one. Yeah. Yeah, you got into this quick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get into it now. Uh so uh favorite characters. Is that is that even a fair question? I don't know if it is or not. There's so many to choose from. I, I, I didn't even you think can, about you that. Pick, you can pick a couple. That's fair. Uh, Perrin. Perrin. Perrin is go. my favorite character because out of all the characters, he is the only one that has given us anything decisive. He's going yeah. back to Rand. Period. He has no other objective. He has no desire. He doesn't want to run anything. Doesn't want to own anything. Barely wants to be married. He just happened into that because he thought he was marching to his death. Like yeah. now he's like, ah, I'll go ahead and deal with the wife. We'll go hang out with the friends and mm-hmm. we'll get into some mess with the guys. But at the end of the day, he just wants to be parent golden eyes runner of the, with the wolves. Like that's the title I'm giving him. Cause that's really what he wants to do. He just wants to be free. And he's going to do whatever it takes for him to get to that point. Fair I'm gonna have to go with Shidar Haran. Oh, yeah, good that's a good one. Come on. Yeah, he's kind of a beast. Pretty. I mean, the chokehold, the, the whole, Darth Vader. Yeah, uh, the whole just kidding. Who do you I think don't work for you. Him? You work for me. What was that gonna question, that, Chris? Who do you think's gonna kill him? Who? Shidar Haran. Uh, I don't think he's going nowhere. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, he's he's got to die eventually. Who do you think's going to end him? I don't see it happening, man. <laughs> I think I think he might be like a Bella. You don't see Matt there. getting a lucky shot? No, 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 no bro. <laughs> no, Matt. That's uh that's yeah, L- little overpowered. So good picks. So uh, next time we'll be doing chapters one and two. Um, of this oh book. boy, and those chapter titles are "Lion on the Hill" and mm. "A New A New Arrival." Oh, I don't need any more characters. I'm having a hard enough time <laughs> keeping up with the ones we do have. I have it gets like worse. It names gets worse. Don't matter anymore. Like for those of you watching, I'm so sorry. I'm not a good. I'm not good with names. Period. You could be a person that I've known for 20 years, and I still won't remember your name. There's you this book. There's this book right here called The Wheel of Time Companion. Right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just full of of names of characters. And 
that Chris can't touch. <laughs> no, because it's bad. But literally, like most of it is character names. I mean, there are some other stuff in here too, but it's a lot of character. I can't remember how many uh, thousands of characters there are in these books, but there's a lot. Hmm. Um, it goes on. Oh, on. oh, we didn't talk about Fayil's dad much. I think we he's didn't arrival. Okay, yeah. Maybe da- maybe Tavram? Jordan will be fair, and that'll be our our new arrival. Okay, could be, could be, or maybe we find out who Pater actually is. Ooh. Or maybe the Shanshan returned. Who knows? Oh, that's a good one. Hmm. I, I didn't even really look ahead to see what the chapters were about. I mean, I've read them, but I don't. I don't think oh so. no, maybe Rand starts collecting some male channelers. Or because of his proclamation, some male channelers that have been in hiding come out and they're like, yo, bro. Maybe Tom's like- nephew really isn't dead. Mm. Right. He got scooped up and he's part. <gasps> That's going to be part of the message that Moraine gives to Tom. Be like, he's not actually dead. We scooped him up. And hit him. And and he's hidden with some other male channelers or something like that. That would be nah. something. It's a love, it's a love note. We know this, but yeah, come save it- me, big daddy. Yeah, wrapped wrapped in a uh, wrapped in a blanket is the horn of the unicorn that they uh, <laughs> made love on. Yeah, was it uh, Will Takes uh, Allie from Will Takes did a TikTok uh, about the love letter from Elaine? Say yeah, it's like it said like what she what it say? I can't remember exactly the wording, but something like that is the most dumbest, most idiotic, most offensive thing I've ever thought of. Send. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Proofreads it something like that. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Sent. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's what we're doing next week. Um, and we'll be back here on YouTube again. So um, as long as I uh, don't lose this entire episode due to technical difficulties. So um, it should be good. Um, but yeah, so how we can be found is at the wheel reads um, on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and here on YouTube. Um, we're going to be now doing this every week. So come check us out live. Uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Um, it does help, uh, to get more people to watch us live when we get the subscribe going. Um, also if you hit the like button, it does while, especially while we're live streaming, uh, it does actually, um, uh, help with showing up other people's suggestions. You know, when people log on to YouTube, it's just like what to watch. <laughs> so, uh, you know, those things are really important, uh, to us while we do this youtube stuff uh but also just come out and hang out with us um you know uh we can be also be found uh, at our website at the will of reads.com uh, um uh, you can find links to all sorts of stuff like our discord server uh where we well uh jake uh one of our moderators he usually will stream uh the week's episode uh in the voice chat so you can listen to the episode before that also we have lots of channels where we can talk about lots of stuff um uh we have merchandise we have new merchandise we actually do have our own baby clothesline now um so if you want onesies for your newborn uh up to 24 months so up to two years old we do sell onesies now uh yeah the wolverines has gone to the baby baby clothes business um because i showed the onesies <laughs> she's been like actively talking about wanting to have kids now so uh-huh. like we're even talking about fast tracking our thought our, our plans yeah. a little okay. bit so yeah, I, I talked to that since we have our little one, we're I'm definitely gonna buy one for uh for, for my, my youngest. Um, <laughs> so that that's in the works. I think and we I'm do have, done with kids. Yeah, 
<laughs> sure. Good point. Sure. Um, decision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we, we might, we might, we might foster. We've been we, talking about that. And, and we do have a new design for t-shirts. We have a uh, Semestia uh, t-shirt uh, now yeah. available. And, and stickers are now available too. So we have lots of stuff coming to it. And we have more stuff being designed right now too for, for, for merch. So go check it out. Uh, our merchandise links are in our website. Um, also, you can support us on Patreon. Um, that is probably the best way to support us because that also uh, just helps do things like provide programs that we use to run this. Um, this does cost money to to do this live stream. Um, uh, I could just do it through Zoom and and link it in or do it through YouTube for free, but I use a program. And uh, there's lots of other costs that, that do happen through a podcast. So, uh, plus the rum. Plus, 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 plus the rum. Now, I don't think I've actually ever bought alcohol, but I can't say I never have because uh, I, I use some of Patreon money for Jordan Con. So, but uh, <laughs> we share, but, I, but we I, share. Shared, I shared that with other patrons that are there. So, hey, it's a wash. Uh, but yeah, so um, um, yeah, think about that. And other than that, that's all I got for this week. So, until next time, peace. Okay, bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I hope you enjoyed the show and thank you for listening to The Wheel Reads. See y'all next time.